There's Center 11. It's 38 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Women's rights attorney Gloria Allred is representing three women who are suing university hospitals after thousands of eggs and embryos at a fertility clinic were destroyed. At a news conference yesterday, Allred said the three women are cancer survivors from here in Pittsburgh who lost their eggs. She explained the women had undergone painful fertility treatments after they were diagnosed with cancer and delayed their treatment in hopes of having a child. Now that their eggs have been compromised or destroyed, Allred added it's unlikely they'll ever be able to have a biological child. The women are seeking compensatory and punitive damages in addition to attorney's fees. Cleveland's University Hospital said the storage tank's remote alert system had been shut off, which caused the temperature of the tank to rise and affect 4,000 frozen eggs and embryos. A cybersecurity blog says Panera Bread's website leaked customer records for at least eight months. Krebs on Security said the data leak includes names, email, and physical addresses, birthdays, and the last four digits of credit card numbers of millions of customers who ordered food online at the company's website. In a statement, an official with Panera Bread said the investigation is continuing, but there's no evidence of payment card information nor a large number of records being accessed or retrieved. Now the Russians know what kind of ham you like. <laughs> oh no. I was hoping that they wouldn't be revealed that my number one go-to is bacon turkey bravo, but... <laughs> Guess my cover's blown. I do like the bacon turkey bravo. Oh, so good. The sun-dried tomato bread. Yeah, feels like it's healthy. It's not. I'm on that list. I, I if I haven't if my information hasn't been compromised, I don't know whose is. I mean, I we eat at Panera way too often. Also, another popular put an S on it Pittsburgh name. (laughs) Panera's. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Two Olympian speed skaters are offering up their help in developing the skills of the Pittsburgh Skaters Club kids. Cole and John Henry Kruger held a clinic at the Kirk S. Nevin Arena in Greensburg yesterday. The brothers are Peters Township natives. The 20-member club looked on as the Krugers worked on proper skating exercises on and off the ice. John Henry won a silver medal for Team USA in Pyeongchang. Police in India are hunting for a monkey said to have taken a baby the infant's body was later found in a well. The BBC reports the child's mother saw the monkey take her baby boy, but she couldn't stop it. A relative found the boy's body yesterday in a well behind the house where the monkey had taken the baby on Saturday. Investigators believe, sadly, the baby drowned. A police oh. officer said it's fairly common for monkeys to attack people or enter houses looking for food, but this is the first instance of a monkey running away with a baby. Charges are being filed in Alabama against a man caught pooping at a car dealership. Police in Huntsville say something suspicious was going on early yesterday morning at a Subaru dealership, including someone trying to break into vehicles. An off-duty deputy called police. They got to the scene to find the man duking near the backside of the dealership. There when was we also said a- go take a poop out back, we didn't mean in an outback. <laughs> uh, there was also a break-in at another dealership that suspect was taken into custody. There was a Seinfeld episode about that because that uh, happens in New York a lot. If you don't lock your car, homeless people poop in will poop in them. Yeah, because they don't want to poop in public. Kind of still is. But, like, they won't get caught. They'll just be... I don't Why know, maybe... Why you lock your car? I, I don't I know. I in New York. I mean... <laughs> Who doesn't lock their car? I don't know. I think maybe it's a little less prevalent now, but I mean, it was something that happened when you used to have to actually take the key and do it. Maybe it was, you know, people jumping out. Who knows? I don't know. Well, my brother lived in Jersey. Anytime he was in New York or any, even if he was parked in Jersey, he would leave a sign on his window that said, 
There's no stereo in my car. Please don't break my window because people would just smash his window, take the stereo out to the point where he – remember when they had those removable faces of car stereos? You could take the whole face plate off? I had one of those. You took it was like a security measure. You could take the faceplate off, so it was useless. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just had to carry your stereo face around with you wherever you were. But it kept anybody from stealing your stereo because they couldn't use it without the the front. But then I feel like that pissed stereo thieves off, and they're like, "Ah, let's just break his window, anyways." Yeah, I agree. jag off. Uh, I'll teach you not to let me steal your car radio. I had two stereos stolen, and they weren't even one was a factory dumb cassette yeah, stereo. It was like a too. Chevy. Stereo. I think we're pretty much done with that, right? Like, (laughs) radio car theft? Pretty sure. Is pretty much done. Yeah. One of Bob Dylan's famed going electric guitars is going up for auction and is expected to fetch as much as $500,000. The 1965 Fender Telecaster will be featured, uh, the featured item at the upcoming Music Icon sale to be held May 19th at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York and online. This guitar isn't the one Dylan played during his infamous Newport uh, Folk Festival appearance in 1965, but it was played on his classic 1966 album, Blonde on Blonde. A portion of the proceeds of the sale will be donated to the American Indian College Fund. Finally, Rolling Stones guitarist Ronnie Wood is putting together another book of his artwork, and this one focuses on the Rolling Stones in concert. Since 2005, Woody has been painting the set list of the Stones' rehearsals. Ronnie Wood's set list is a collective of canvases that document the band's tours, including their 50 and counting tour and historic concerts like their performance in Havana as uh, in 2016. Also includes the closed-door sessions for their last album, Blue and Lonesome. Woody is working on this limited-edition book with high-end UK publisher Genesis, which published his last book, Ronnie Wood, Artist. No word yet on when the latest collection will be published. Rain going to be heavy at times today. 60 for the high. It's 37 at DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show, and uh, we'll have our buddy Joe. You know, every once in a while when we catch the rare bird that is the Yinzer on the News, we like to do this segment. Yinzer's in the news. But this isn't really a Yinzer's in the news so much as this is. close enough. Uh, yeah, it is close. Uh, this is a Yinzer on the net, Yinzer on Reddit. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I like it a lot. All right, well, I Yinzer hope you like it. Yinzer on the net. Now, Slack, you brought this to us, and uh, again, uh, if you could, uh, explain the circumstances by which this was uh, uh, became viral on Reddit. Yeah, basically what happened was I, I went to Reddit. I like to go to Reddit Pittsburgh just to kind of see what's going on, uh-huh. maybe see if people are trashing us on, on the internet. Sure, or that's always good, like yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and the top post on there is, what's the fastest you've ever driven on Bigelow Boulevard? So I click on it. The top comment is, well, this guy says 55, and it's a link to a YouTube video that I have uh, that I watched in amazement. Yeah, okay. And I had to give you the audio. Hey, look at this. You see the speed limit sign there? 25 miles per hour. <laughs> This is in on Bigelow Boulevard through Polish Hill here. <laughs> Look. Look. Speed limit, 25. What the f- Don't you see that damn sign there? <laughs> Slow the hell down! <laughs> There's probably a good reason that's there like that. Well, at least... I would like to see this road improved. Look, there's no shoulder. There's no way you can bike along here safely, except on this 
spongy little sidewalk, <laughs> and then it ends up there in the next light. So what's the deal? Spongy. Someone's gonna get killed. Oh, that is, Somebody's uh, gonna killed? get killed. Killed on this spongy sidewalk. Slow the hell down! <laughs> <laughs> Please just clip that out. We have to just have that. On Slow the, the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! Slow the hell down! <laughs> Can that guy do our traffic from now on? <laughs> I love the uh, the slowed down. Slow the hell and down. And he should be standing in front of the tunnels going, speed the hell up! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh... Slow the hell down! It is the DVE Morning Show. Uh, that's Guns N' Roses doing Bob Dylan's knocking on Heaven's Door. We just, we heard Bob Dylan before that, because Val was talking about his guitar being auctioned off. And which one was it, Val? Uh, the one he played on Blonde on Blonde. So... Knocking on Heaven's Door, the Bob Dylan version, two and a half minutes long. Hmm. He wrote a two and a half minute song that everybody else turned into a seven minute epic. Have you ever heard anybody do Knocking on Heaven's Door when it just doesn't go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever? <laughs> That's five and a half minutes, the Guns wow. N' Roses version. There's piano flying through it, him gone. Hi, 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 hi. I mean, they're doing everything they can to fill it and make it longer. And here's Bob Dylan saying, like, I just I just wrote a little quick two and a half minute little <laughs> sad cowboy song. They're ringing the doorbell. They're running around the backside of the house, knocking on that door. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mike Pursuta will be in with your sports. There's a new national champion in town. And um, maybe uh, maybe the best, uh, I, I'm not sure what the numbers are. I know uh, Nova was uh, on the verge of being the best dynasty ever, and that win might have, might have done it. Uh, One of my favorite names in college basketball that I can remember, Dante DiVincenzo. Hey. Hey. That's the guy you hope your sister doesn't date in high school. <laughs> You're not dating Dante DiVincenzo, are Just you? Just don't stay away from DiVincenzo. Oh. He's such a greaseball. Mike Scott Sports next. Also, Buckos, their home opener yesterday in front of a frigid crowd, but they get the W and... Best record in baseball, right? They're undefeated. They might not lose. Your Pirates are undefeated. Thank God they got rid of Cole and Kutch. This is finally <laughs> allowing them. Kutch is struggling. Uh, Cole isn't. Did you see his first outing? No. Oh, my God. He pitched seven innings. He had 11 Ks. Two yeah. hits. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's not struggling. Big deal. All right, Mike will have the uh, full... five wins this year. <laughs> Big deal. So young. Mike has sports when we come back. DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. That wasn't so hard to watch, was it, Mike? No, it was great. <laughs> we, How long did you make it, Mike? I'm every, I tuned in last three minutes or so of the first half, and... Stayed through it throughout. Although, uh, full disclosure, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, I have DirecTV, and they have different channels on there for big events. I didn't have to watch the main national broadcast. You could watch a Michigan broadcast or a Villanova broadcast. I didn't even know they had these. but they had, And I turned the Villanova one on because I didn't want to hear 
one damn nice thing about Michigan <laughs> at any point. And this Villanova broadcast, the homerism and the complete, utter bias and blatant uh, misrepresenting of what was going on in Villanova's favor. And they were winning by 15 most of the time. Uh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> but that's where I was last night. Wow. I don't know why you got to be embarrassed by that. Yeah. Because I'm supposed to be bigger than that kind of stuff. Yeah, but you're not. I'm supposed to appreciate the game for the game's sake and the event for the event's sake. Oh, that's overrated. Give credit where credit is due and not be irrationally. Integrity is passe, Mike. Apparently it is. Yeah. But uh, it it all worked out. We'll get to that mess in a minute. I want to start on the North Shore where uh, the Pirates opened uh, the home portion of their season in front of 30,000 and change. Now, what did you guys make of the 30,186 that attended uh, Pittsburgh's 5-4 win over Minnesota? Is that a significant statement on behalf of the proletariat? Uh, F.U. nutting, we're not going to take it. Or is that, eh, it was a crappy day. I mean, 30,000 lo- still a pretty good crowd. It's the lowest attendance for opening day in PNC Park history. It is. They had 16 crowds bigger than that last year just at any point in the season. They uh, they would have done a lot better. If it was warm weather, that game would have been, if not sold out, damn near. I was surprised it was that low given that they were coming off the unlikely but nonetheless three-game sweep of Detroit, which the Tigers stink, but you can only beat who you play. Right. They were 3-0, and and they had Jamison Tyone on the mound, who was one of the few guys on this team that I think people can really – anticipate having a profound upside. Yeah. And he delivered yesterday, right? And he delivered uh, for a while. Uh, they didn't uh, They didn't get it filled up, even with those things working for them. But uh, And it, by the way, 30,186 was the announced tickets sold. Uh, from what I saw and read on tweets, there were far fewer actually in the park. So... So I think the uh, the people have spoken. Jamison Tyone went five and a third, four hits, two runs, both of them earned. He walked none and struck out nine. That ties uh, Tyone's career high for strikeouts. And, Beautiful. Uh, welcome to Pittsburgh, Colin Moran. First, huh. inning, first inning grand slam off of Lance Lynn. Uh, that gave the Pirates a 5 nothing lead. They wind, wind up hanging on for a 5-4 victory. When the sports world takes away a redhead, Ian Cole... He gives one back. Moran. Thank you. Moran, of course, part of that Garrett Cole trade. And, uh, Bill, I heard you referencing the dominating first game for the Astros that Garrett Cole was able to unleash the other day. Uh, Colin Moran now heard from for the Buccos. Uh, Michael Feliz is in the Pirates' bullpen. He was acquired in that Garrett Cole trade. Joe Musgrove went on the 10-day disabled list yesterday. Muscle strain in his right shoulder. Well, they can't all be winners. And the other guys in the minor leagues. Outfielder Jason Martin. Yeah, Garrett Cole was dealing aces. 11 Ks, 7 innings, 2 hits. Moran's got to make that thing work. He's He's got to be... Roll good. Good. He's got he's to handle third base. Doesn't have to be the MVP or anything. But uh, That's an everyday guy versus your right? Garrett Cole who's going to pitch once every five right. days. I was so pissed when they made that trade, Mike, and I I was very emotional, as you can imagine, and I texted Sean Casey, and Sean Casey said, I love Moran. He's he's a solid, he's solid in the field, and he can rake. Plus, he's Irish, right? Yeah. 
So there's a little bias there. Might Maybe. be. Might just a little bit. Uh, Penguins were not in action last night. Uh, the Capitals won in St. Louis. Not that it mattered. Washington's already clinched the Metropolitan Division. But an interesting slate of games tonight. The Rangers are at the Devils. The Flyers are at the Islanders. And the Red Wings are at the Blue Jackets in the race for second place. It's the Pens with 96 points, Columbus and Philly with 94, and the Devils with 93. Columbus, Philly, and New Jersey all have a game in hand on the Pens as they uh, careen down the stretch. Uh, Penguins getting ready for the first round. They still don't know who, when, uh, what, or where, but tickets for those first two games will be on sale today at 10 a.m., the first two games of the postseason. About 2,000 are available for each game. Fans can order those online at Ticketmaster.com. You can also get them at the Dick's Sporting Goods box office at PPG Paints Arena or by calling Ticketmaster at 1-800-745-3000. Take a bow, Villanova. A dominating performance again last night in the national championship game in San Antonio. And why wouldn't it have been? Villanova beats Michigan 79 to 62. Here's your margins of victory for Villanova and its run to a second title in three seasons. 26 points over Radford, 23 over Alabama, 12 over West Virginia, 12 over Texas Tech, 16 over Kansas, and 15 over Michigan. Wow. Jay Wright's team wins a second title in the last three seasons. Here's who's done that since 1975. And 1975, the starting point, because it's the last of UCLA's 10 championships Hmm. in 12 years. That's when college basketball got parity. Since then, teams still have won two in three years. Duke in 91 and 92, Kentucky in 96 and 98, Florida in 2006, 2007, and now Hmm. Villanova in 2016 and 2018. 13 and 1 in the last three tournaments. And 136 wins in the last four seasons is the most in uh, any four-year stretch in NCAA history. Somewhere Albie is chasing Jay Wright as we speak. And they're all <laughs> coming back, aren't they? They have at least seven players they coming back. <clears throat> unless somebody, they're going to be there again next year. Unless somebody goes pro early, which is always a possibility. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that. I will, uh, Good I will, deal. I will acknowledge that. Michigan, by the way, and you know, not to pile on, Nice scrappy bunch of overachievers who should have got beaten around to 32 if not for a guy missing two free throws, some incredibly stupid defense, and a miracle half-court shot at the buzzer. Michigan played a 14-seed, a 6-seed, a 7-seed, a 9-seed, and an 11-seed. Now, you can only play who you play, but I don't know if there's ever been an easier path to the championship game because of the likes of Virginia and uh, North Carolina slipping on banana peels. So, degree of difficulty ratcheted up considerably last night, and Michigan got beat by 15. All hmm. is well with the world. Good Le- deal. At least my world, Randall. Thanks, Mike. Fowl, what do you got coming up? Well, we are going to talk coming up at the top of the hour about the the overabundance of people getting high in drive throughs Overabundance. Yeah. I assumed everybody was already high in the drive <laughs> Yeah, I thought you did that before you got in line. It's the DVE Morning Show.
recently realized there was something wrong when I kept having to pull over. I'm sorry, kids. I'll be quick. Oh, come on, Mom. The movie starts in 20 minutes. Yeah, you're making us late. I want to see the preview. Cross your legs. Just hold it. I tried going before we leave the house, but it just didn't seem to matter. I'm sorry, boys. Mom will be quick. You're joking, right? You just pee. When are you going to start wearing a diaper? Put a cork in it, why don't you? The bus stops less often than you. I tried everything, but I just always had to go. One more time, guys. I swear this is it. You gotta be me. Is this a joke? You are the worst mom ever. That's when my doctor told me. Your bladder is fine, but your kids are a So he recommended I start trying to beat their ass. The three-time-a-day ass-whooping that keeps my kids in line. Ever since I started to beat their ass, I don't have a going problem anymore. Mommy's pulling over, boys. Gotta go again. Sorry. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I might as well go, too. Like stretch will do me good. Just don't, I mean, don't get mad. Am I ever glad I started to beat their ass? To beat their ass. From the makers of Upside Their Head. Yeah, that stuff's just good for you. Joe Bartnick will join us live in studio later this morning. He's going to be opening up for Bill Burr at the Benenham Center Friday night. Tickets still available at TrustArts.org. Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer, live in studio this morning at 845. Oh, wow. Yeah, how about that, huh? Nice. Live in studio. Better clean up in here. Uh, The latest kids craze, the condom challenge. We're going to discuss that and the other crazes of this new age of boneheadedness. Uh, Also... Our buddy Dave Damashek in the NFL Network, he comes out with an April bracket. It's the April Absurdity Bracket. I saw that last night. And so we'll talk a little bit about the one he's doing <laughs> this month. Lots of debate. Pretty good. Oh, it's real good. And when we come back, a Hollywood icon who has passed away. Wait do you hear some of the stuff that you might not have even known this guy was involved in. But, you know, it, it bears that we uh, give him a little bit of a nod of, Thanks for putting all that stuff on TV for us to look at. Are you smarter than a Crossroads Scholar? That's this Saturday at Safalos in Carnegie. I will be participating along with three other uh, uh, media people from around the Berg. And we'll each pair up with a Crossroads Scholar. Winning student will get a $500 college survival packet. Here's the the thing. Uh, it's uh, like Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, except we'll, we'll, we'll be battling each other, and we'll have the help of these smart kids who are a part of the Crossroads Foundation, which is an organization which helps kids get better educations who might not be able to do so otherwise. Go to CrossroadsFoundation.org to learn more about the event and what they do. It is the DVE Morning Show. Randy Babin along with Bill Crawford and Val Porter and an iconic death in Hollywood. Uh, the other day, it's Stephen Bochco, and I think we mentioned it yesterday. Mm-hmm. But do you know just how much stuff Stephen Bochco did? It was like a big part of your youth. Of course not. First of all, he graduated from Carnegie Tech, Carnegie Mellon. Nice. I knew that. Of course. That's the first thing that comes out. Always. The Pittsburgh tie. So, Val, he wrote an episode of The White Shadow. Nice. Love all right. The White Shadow. So- he did McMillan and Wife, also for those who are really, you know, old. Old. Um, well, The White Shadow was 1979. Oh, I watched The White Shadow all the time. Yeah, I loved The White Shadow. What's The White Shadow? Oh, dude. The White Shadow? Ken Howard was, uh, do you know who Ken Howard is, the actor? Nope. You would know him if you saw him. President of the SAG, isn't he? He was. He's dead now, but. Oh. He's no longer the president of SAG, though. Um, mm. But he was a basketball coach in an in inner city school, and it was. Just followed him and, you know, 
What was, Coolidge was the big guy. Coolidge, yep. Salami. Salami. Washington, named Salami. Dude, Salami was Tim Van Patten, Dick Van Patten's son, who went on to become a prominent television director. Sopranos, Boardwalk Empire. Wow. Basically, every huge TV show that comes out, Breaking Bad, this guy's directed all of them. And his name was Salami in the White Shadow. <laughs> so he did that. Amazing. Um, I know he did uh, Hill Street Blues. So he created first uh, a couple of movies, one or TV shows. One was called Paris. I don't know much about Paris, but there was a show called Bay City Blues. Okay, I never saw it, but I was looking at it yesterday. How about the cast included uh, Sharon Stone, a then kind of unknown Sharon Stone, and they have who's from Meadville photo shoot for this TV show, which they were promoting it. On IMDb. Bill, I'm trying to get it so that you can see here. She, Sharon shows like almost boobs hanging out for ABC here. Whoa. Back in the day for this show. Dennis Franz was also in the show. And it was, oh yeah, Sharon Stone was, she was a knockout. Uh, it was about like a ragtag softball team or something. I don't know. So Bernie Casey, the guy who was the president of, uh, Lambda, 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 and <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. He was in it, too. And Michelle Green, who would later go on to star in another Stephen Bochco drama. L.A. Law. L.A. Law, exactly. Michelle Green was also gorgeous. So he does that and then can't really, you know, probably got one more shot now because he had a couple failures and he comes out with Hill Street Blues. And if you don't remember Hill Street Blues, it changed television. And I know that sounds cl- cliche, but it did. Like, it was the first sort of cinema verite-looking thing. The cameras were moving around. There were a bunch of different characters on the show. It wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't about Archie Bunker. There were ten main characters mm-hmm. and through lines. And it wasn't, you know, shows weren't resolved week to week. Um, it won a gabillion awards, and rightly so. Then he did Hooperman which was the detective show with John Ritter, which I, I loved, actually. And that only lasted two seasons when I was in uh, I like eighth yeah, grade. I don't remember that He one. wrote episodes of Columbo. Uh, he wrote the first episode of Columbo, which was directed by Steven Spielberg in mm. 1971. Wow. What? Uh, yeah, that was another thing he did. Uh, then he came up with Cop Rock. Oh, that was a fail. It should have been good. That I, was his one miss. It was really bad. Oh. It's universally... Considered to be one of the dumbest TV shows ever. Then he did. <laughs> it was it was it was a musical about cops yeah, every week. Not good. Doogie Flippin Hauser, MD. Now we're talking another big hit. So ninety seven episodes of Doogie Hauser. And the one thing I I always thought about Doogie Hauser, I was a big. I thought Wanda. I was a Wanda guy. I never watched that show. Loved Wanda. I don't know what Wanda is. Wanda was his love interest in that movie, or in that TV show. Uh, And she disappeared off the face of the earth. She was like a big, you know, every guy lusted after her, and then she just went away. But Doogie Howser ran 97 episodes. Neil Patrick Harris said when he was a kid, and he got that role, Stephen Bochco told him, look, kid, this is surfing. We're going to ride this wave. Hopefully it'll go a long time. And when you're off of this wave, you got to understand you make a decision to go back out and pedal back while other waves are crashing into you and you hope and you wait around and you catch another wave or you go to the beach and you're done. So don't forget that. 
And he was like, that was like the best advice you could have ever given me. Put everything in context back then. Helped form the young Neil Patrick Harris's career. I watched that show and just was obliterated with insecurity. Like I was like, wow, I am underperforming. I am dumb. <laughs> He's a doctor. A tiny doctor. He's like 12. Then he did Brooklyn South, Murder One. Not you know not not a whole lot there. One and two seasons, but then he came up with uh, he had N, uh, L.A. Law, NYPD Blue. That was the big one. NYPD yeah. Blue, crazy, because he got ABC to reduce the censors. Yeah, that was another kind of groundbreaking. Didn't Dennis Brand show his bare ass on that show? He sure did. And a lot of stations when that aired. I lived in Youngstown. the The ABC affiliate there did not air. NYPD Blue. Because they didn't want to deal with Dennis Francis bare ass. Yeah, the uh, the language controversy. Was, language was not great either. Like they they definitely broke some barriers language wise and used some swear words that you weren't able to use back then. But what was the scene where he showed his bare ass? I don't remember because I never watched it. I couldn't. <laughs> he was like in the locker room. Okay, like getting changed. I think, and it. How was it? It was was not necessary at all. I mean, I do remember having that discussion. gratuitous man ass? At at the time, like, why are we looking at Dennis Franz's ass? And how does that make it more of a realistic experience? In in NYPD, pal, it's all fat guys' asses. (laughs) But it was a hugely uh, popular show, and and he was uh, completely influential in television. He basically kind of had two big sea changes. He... He instituted two big sea changes in television in his career. How many people can say that? Plus, he went to Carnegie Mellon. So, R.I.P. Stephen Boschko, 74 years of age. Bal has a hell uh, of a career. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about it now. Chuck Lorre is the one guy you can you can point to in today's television world that has this ridiculous resume. Yeah, there's not doesn't seem to be a lot of those guys anymore. Seems like a lot of them put all their eggs in this one basket once it starts doing well, and then they just try to milk that for as much money as possible and then save their sanity. You know? I mean, it's a smart play. It's not a bad move. But Bochco caught a lot of waves. A lot I of mean, them. he's a pretty damn good surfer. But he was the one, you know, he was uh, he was the one kicking up the, uh, the surf also. Uh, speaking of Chuck Lorre, Billy Gardell... Uh, will not be on with us today. He is otherwise uh, engaged, but he will be appearing on Young Sheldon this week. Nice. So keep your ears awesome. peeled, your eyes peeled for that. It's Val, like a recurring character on there. It's just cool, right? This yeah. is a good gig for Billy. It's great. I'm psyched for him. So Val's got your news coming up here momentarily. What do you got, Valerie? Uh, we're going to talk about how one fast food restaurant has had to actually put up signs to tell people, stop getting high in the drive-thru. <laughs> Mike Lang live in studio, 844. It's 37 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. When Winnie Mandela, the South African anti-apartheid activist and wife of the late Nelson Mandela, died yesterday after a lengthy illness. She was 81. She and Nelson married in 1958. Just a few 
few years before he was arrested and sentenced to life in prison. During his 27 years in prison, Winnie became a central figure of the anti-apartheid movement and was called the mother of the nation. She's also subjected to arrest, imprisonment, and torture. Winnie was with her husband in 1990 as he was released from prison and became South Africa's first black first lady when Nelson was elected president in 94. The couple divorced in 96 and Winnie's reputation became tainted with scandals involving criminal convictions on charges ranging from fraud to kidnapping. Nelson Mandela died in 2013 when he survived by her two daughters. In the wake of recent changes to the tax code, the IRS is advising you to check your W-4 form and how much federal tax is being withheld from your paycheck. Alejandro Castro Nunez of the IRS in Miami says you can find a new withholding calculator on the irs.gov website. You'll need your latest tax return and your most recent pay stub, and they say it'll take about 15 minutes to determine if you need to make any changes. Castro Nunez says those who should check include parents, two-income families, people working two jobs, and people who paid a lot in taxes last year. President Trump is asking a judge for private arbitration in the Stormy Daniels lawsuit. Yesterday, the president and his lawyer, Michael Cohen, filed paperwork asking a federal judge to order the lawsuit brought by Stormy Daniels be resolved for through private arbitration. Daniels filed the suit last month claiming that a non-disclosure agreement she signed regarding an alleged affair with Trump is invalid because Trump himself never signed it. Daniels' team said the Trump administration wanted the lawsuit to be moved from state court to federal court to increase their chances the matter will be decided in private arbitration, thus hiding the truth from the public. Daniel's lawyer, Michael Avenatti, tweeted that he will vigorously oppose the request for private arbitration, adding this is a democracy and this matter should be decided in an open court of law owned by the people. Seth Rogen says he knew about Stormy Daniels' alleged affair with Donald Trump. The actor claimed during his appearance on the Ellen DeGeneres show yesterday that Daniels told him she was involved with the now president on the set of his 2007 film, Knocked Up. I've known Stormy Daniels a long time, uh, and I'll be honest, she may have mentioned some of this stuff uh, around 10 years ago at the time when you ask a porn star who they've been sleeping with and the answer was Donald Trump, it was like the least surprising thing that she could have said. I don't remember her in that movie. I don't either. No, me neither. Um, I don't know if it, like, because Mr. Skin was mentioned in the movie, so I don't know if there was some. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if there was a tie. Sure. I don't remember. Well, I thought Mark Madden said that Stormy Daniels said something when she was on his show mm-hmm. about it. She wasn't exactly keeping it a secret. I guess the details of it are which with are what they were trying to sort of keep on the DL uh, with all of this. You know, the the big revelation during the election. Of course, they didn't want the greater public to know but i think she told people around her well it wasn't scandalous it was he was a nationally was, known sort of playboy kind of guy he cheating was on married his, who just had a baby yeah cheating on his wife who was home with their he wasn't the president baby then. it was that's right nobody wants that information out there but it still amazes me that of all the things that this guy is involved in the porn star thing just won't go away <laughs> It won't go away. Kind of like herpes, <laughs> which I don't think she has. Well, he didn't use a condom. With her or the Playboy Bunny. Yeah, so... Karen there, McDougal. There's an M.O. there. What was her deal? For a she guy who's seemed... so caught up in protecting us, he's not too 
<laughs> concerned with himself. She seemed what? She seemed incredibly unstable. Really? Like, I, I understood to a certain extent why Stormy was trying to get her message out there, but the other girl I didn't understand at all. She just seemed like she was like, yeah, I loved him. And well, they, from what I know or have read, they had a ten month fling affair. Like a, yeah, oh, the, like it was repeated sexual encounters. Right? Stormy Daniels only had sex with him one time, and he told both of them that they reminded him of his daughter. <laughs> Not creepy at all. The craziest part in that that Stormy thing was when she said she went to the bathroom. And came out, and he was perched on the bed. <laughs> yeah, and then what'd you immediately picture? Perched, and then she, like, like he's a uh, like he's a gargoyle. <laughs> and she was like, "Uh oh, well, uh, I backed myself into a corner. Looks like I'm gonna have to bang my way out." <laughs> and and then just his immediate urge to reminisce about how great the sex they just had was was so. Hilarious to me. Is that good, huh? <laughs> How great was that just a second ago? The best ever, right? It's like, I think it's a little early to reminisce, but yeah, I had a, I had a nice time. I mean, if I cook dinner for somebody, sometimes I'll be like, pretty good, right? How was that? I, I mean, it was pretty good. Reminisce I'll still be, I'll be, I'll be chewing yeah. it still. I mean, it's pretty good. But uh, in the middle of coitus, I don't think you, this is good, right? Good stuff right here. Get updates <laughs> to the live action. We're going to do a look in. And, and then he 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 said April is uh, sexual harassment awareness month. Yeah, I, I'm. I guess he he well he designated he it. designated it. I guess that's more of a how to. <laughs> An Ingram couple is facing charges over accusations of running a brothel out of their home with three kids inside. Police say Brittany Patrick and her boyfriend Lucas Trout were busted during an undercover sting. An investigation was launched after police started receiving complaints from neighbors about men visiting the the apartment at all hours. Patrick is in police custody and a warrant has been issued for Trout. A Sonic fast food restaurant in Missouri has actually had to put up a notice in their drive-thru warning customers they will not be served if they're smoking pot at the window. <laughs> Sonic is definitely the place where you would go to get stoned. Like when I was thinking drive throughs, I'm like, I can't. Is that enough time? Well, Sonic, you can. You well, you just, can smoke it. Yeah. In the drive through, the restaurant in Gulfport, Missouri, posted the sign after someone blew smoke in the face of a drive through window. Little car worker. hop. Right. Uh, the store's manager said the staff <laughs> was just getting sick and tired of smelling weed all the time. Because it was making them not want to work. I now pull- look, our menu was constructed by somebody who was clearly catering to high people. <laughs> but we wanted you to do that before you got here. <laughs> Their menu is all over oh the place. Oh my god. All these different kinds of hot dogs and hamburgers and I just frosties. Know they have tots. They, oh yeah. They do rock tots. Yeah. They got tots. They have they have like eighteen different kinds of smoothie and ice cream and I pulled up to the light at PJ McCardle. Like going up Mount Washington mm-hmm. from down on the south side, you know, mm-hmm. and I was sitting there and I'm at the light and all the traffic's whizzing in and out of the the tunnel, you know, and I'm I start and I'm like, what? Did I hit a skunk? I'm like, no, that's weed. <laughs> and I'm like in the car by myself and I'm like, did someone leave weed in my car or something? <laughs> like, what is going on? And I look over to the left and 
there's this car and it's got tinted windows in the back and there's four dudes in there and they're they're like stereo is really loud but it's a bluetooth they're talking to somebody on the phone and i'm like oh my god those guys it smells so much like weed i can't believe i can smell it through their car and my car and i can hear the conversation that they're having on the telephone with whoever they're having because they have the volume up so loud and whoever they're talking to is going you have got to go get febreze now you have got to go get febreze i think these four guys were just panicking because they like picked up some weed and they're like this is the stinkiest stuff ever (laughs) it penetrated through their car and mine it's pungent it was very pungent (laughs) but it wasn't like smoky I think they were just transporting <laughs> a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They might have been on their way to <laughs> it's Sonic. Hilarious. They were, so- going to, they were going to turn themselves in. Guys, we're we're too high. Well, maybe Sonic should just do it that way. They should just start giving Febreze out. They should like sell Febreze and other items to conceal. I can't believe they don't. <laughs> is, is Sonic the one that does those commercials with the two guys? Yes. Yeah. All right. Are there Sonics in and Pittsburgh? And now Kimmy Schmidt oh, yeah. isn't. Yeah, there's one in Bridgeville. Yeah, there's one in Bridgeville. There's one in, like, Cannonsburg area. Okay. There's one on the way to uh, training camp. Steelers training mm-hmm. camp. Yep. Hemfield area. I don't 30? Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Good to know. Well, uh, this is an interesting story about marriage. Harold Holland and Lillian Barnes of Kentucky got married on Christmas Eve in 1955. They had five kids in less than 10 years. Then Harold's job took a toll, and they split up in 1967. He admits it was all his fault for working too much, but, I mean, geez, you got five kids under 10 years old. You got to bring home the bacon. He eventually got remarried. His wife passed away in 2015. Lillian has been remarried twice. Her husband also died in 2015. Well, back in December, Harold and Lillian both showed up at a family reunion and started talking again. They stayed friendly after the divorce, but had lost touch in recent years. But after they reconnected, they started dating. And now on April 15th, uh, 14th, rather, they're getting married, remarried after 50 years being divorced. One of their grandchildren is a minister. He's going to do the ceremony. They say they have a lot in common. And even though they were divorced, they never really fell out of love with each other. I, I think there's a chance a friend of mine, this might happen with him. Yeah. I was telling you about it. They run a business together. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, they could end up together one day. They're but, best of friends now. They were married. They had two kids, and they're like, they're just, now let's just be friends and run the business. But they're always together. They like go out on like couples dates and stuff. Like, why aren't you just doing together. it? I love how he had five kids in, in 10 years with somebody, and it was his job that broke them up. <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the kids. I, I was reading up on uh, a couple of years ago whenever Octo Mom was trying to mm-hmm. strip or she had a sex thing or t- I forget what it was like both. <laughs> I think via like one of the porn companies hired her to do a video, and I was reading up on the guy oh, that God, she was with right. before, and they were aggressively trying to get pregnant, and it was the guy was so exhausted with the process that he just broke up with her right before <laughs> she got inseminated. And it was like, talk about being the last chopper at a knob. <laughs> that dude got out just before <laughs> eight babies. God, I wonder what, wonder where it's happening with I her know, now. That poor emotionally unstable woman. Oh my God. Those poor she, kids. She, yeah, she had, she had like a 
turned her house into like a toddler Gitmo. I I can't remember. Did she have other kids before? Oh yeah, she, she had well, like two maybe. She had a couple sets of twins. Or I don't am know. I she confusing has her with a Johnny lot Kate. of kids? You might be confusing her with Johnny Kate, but I think she has more than the the eight that she had at one. She time. She definitely does. She had a litter, but before that, I think she had a couple of, uh, of kids. And didn't she have like plastic surgery to try and look a little more like Angelina Jolie or something like that? I don't remember. She had like her yeah. lips puffed up, and that made them crooked. So like, they <laughs> she's always they didn't, her lips needed a kickstand. They didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't sit on her face the right way. It looked like a Mr. Potato Head that somebody bumped. <laughs> well, maybe the same thing will happen to these kids: Channing Tatum and Jenna Dewan Tatum calling it quits Aww. after nine years of marriage. They said in a joint statement to People Magazine yesterday, they have lovingly chosen to split as a couple. Ah, conscious uncoupling. They said there are no secrets behind their separation. Their lives are just taking them on different paths. The two met while filming the dance movie Step Up in 2006, and they have a five-year-old daughter named Everly. I heard they had an open relationship, and that I could be wrong about that. Well, it's really wide open now. <laughs> Maybe that was just a storyline I read. Drive right through it now, Bill. Some Magic Mike fan fiction I was reading at the time. (laughs) And finally, one of Hollywood's highest paid actors, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is opening up about his battle with depression. The 45-year-old admitted in an interview with Express that he went through hard times as a teenager when his mother attempted suicide. He also had a deal later on with being let go from the CFL and a breakup, which which he said was his worst time. He says he and his mother dealt with their depression together and have helped each other heal. Good. I mean, the more people that speak out about that and... You know, destigmatize mental illness, the better. Yeah, pretty brave of him to do that. Uh, Rain heavy at times today, 60 for the high today. It's 38 at DVE. You know, occasionally something happens on Twitter that everybody is uh, consumed with, typically like a thread depicting a situation. Mm -hmm. I remember one time I I, I was watching a a Tinder date or an eHarmony date or something go bad. And I was there for Somebody it. Somebody was live tweeting it? I live tweeted oh, it. Oh, you live tweeted yeah, it. And it, it. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't believe this. how many people were into it. So this guy named Zach Toscani last week described a situation that was occurring in his office. And Val, this is something that is near and dear <laughs> to your stomach. Office hmm. lunch theft. Ugh. The worst kind of crime. So here are the excerpts. The tweets from Zach's thread about the lunch thievery that occurred in his office. And again, this is something weird stuff and weird dynamics happen in everybody's office or or workplace. Uh, So I think everyone can relate to this. Zach says, co-worker got his lunch stolen and they've agreed to let him watch the security camera tape. This is the most. I, I am impressed they have a security camera in the kitchen. Yeah, me too. This is the most excited I've been at any job ever, he says. Next one which was 14 minutes later. The lunch in question was shrimp fried rice, which means this escalates from a misdemeanor to felony, no doubt. And then 10 minutes later, case facts. Lunch was in fridge for less than an hour before it vanished. No shrimp smell remnants in the microwave or kitchen area. This was a professional hit, no (laughs) doubt. 20 minutes later, holy bleep, he's back. He's watched the tape. He knows who did it. Four minutes later. So the man whose lunch was stolen sits across from me. The person who stole his lunch 
sits right next to me. <laughs> she left for the day before the investigation started. Hmm. And then, a couple minutes later, according to the video, this psychopath didn't even eat the food. She took it out <laughs> of the fridge and threw it into the trash and then buried it in the trash. Why? Yeah, what? We need answers. What's the reason of that? Ten minutes later, her motives remain completely unknown. In lieu of what he saw on the tape, he's decided not to press the matter anymore. I can't say I blame him. We don't know what this woman's fully capable of. <laughs> I know. Anybody that just throws food away for no reason. Points to clarify. He bought the shrimp fried rice around 11.30 a.m. Carry out. Put it in the fridge to chill until he takes lunch at noon. So she had exactly 30 minutes to do what she did. There was no intention of microwaving the food. And it's then, a crime of passion. Yeah. So then another 10 minutes go by. Update. Okay. So when dude watched the video with HR, they asked, what do you want to do about it? He told them he was solely interested in who did it and that he didn't want to be responsible for someone getting fired. All right. The guy's like, hey, I don't yeah. want someone get fired over it's this. It's not but. worth that much. But I got to know. After charges were dropped, HR sent a company-wide email about not stealing people's lunches. <laughs> she is scheduled to arrive at work in 20 minutes. My blood is on cocaine, Zach writes. <laughs> uh, 20 more minutes go by. She has walked into the room, and the room is dead silent. Dead effing silent, yet there is a palpable explosive energy pulsing through everyone but her. I mean, imagine what that would have been like. Everyone's like, oh. It's like a surprise party. Is she going to freak <laughs> out or what? And she's just sitting there. That weird energy that she must have felt like, something's going on what, in here. And I don't know what, what is going is. on. And then another five minutes go by, and he posts, from the moment she walked in, I've just been staring at her, watched her open her email, and now she's clicked on the GDHR email. Holy bleep, strap in, here we go. <laughs> five minutes later, he goes, I can't move. I simply cannot move. Anything could happen right now. A couple more minutes go by. After seeing the HR email, she says out loud, whoa, someone stole a lunch? Who would do something like that? It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. <laughs> Zach writes, I may have to run out of this room. Five minutes later, after she said that, Shrimp Guy responds, Well, yeah, it's not okay to throw someone's food away. We're all about to start screaming. I love this idea of people confronting somebody in the middle yeah. of a workplace like that. Shame her. A couple minutes go by, he tweets, This bleep's about to get crazier. After she said, uh, or after he said, uh, It's not okay to throw someone's food away. She, or he says that, oh, it was your lunch, she says to him. Admitting what she did. And then she says, well, why would you go to HR about that? She has simultaneously denied her involvement and called the guy who saved her job a snitch. A little bitch snitch. Dude just sighed and went back to work after she said what she said. She looks frighteningly calm. Dude, you got to call her out all right a couple minutes go by he goes i'll keep updating if anything else occurs but all i can say is everyone in this office from the janitor to the founder knows what she did she now carries an invisible scarlet letter (laughs) of course she would so 40 minutes go by this is real this is happening we know who did it but we don't know why it's a post-production company so we're in a fat we are in fact open today she's been sitting three feet for me this whole time unbeknownst to the guy and the woman I just ordered three shrimp fried rice plates for lunch <laughs> and will hand deliver them. So he gave shrimp fried rice to, to both. both of them. 
She took the fried rice from me with a big smile on her face. She's eating it and loving it. This is utter ruthlessness. I love shrimp fried rice. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But she threw away the other guys. He said, I wish I could see this, uh, tie this up with a neat little bow, but it doesn't appear we may ever know why she did it. Maybe she doesn't know why she did it either. Either way, I'm now forced to work 40 hours a week next to a cold-blooded individual. All right, this woman's crazy. You got to call her out, man. But I yeah, like you the- got to get to the bottom of this. Right, I, so- I, I need to know why you did that. We know you did it. Why'd you do that? So that took Twitter by storm the other day. And everybody keeps asking me about it. Like, did you see the, st- the stolen lunch thing? <laughs> and I know there's been like a bunch of incidents in the fridge here through the years. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The tur- turkey gate. Oh, I forgot about turkey gate. Yeah. You and Madden got wrapped up in that. I mean, thanks, Gazi. Stolen lunches date back 20 years here. <laughs> you, I mean, you remember some epic incidents. Oh, I remember some epic incidences. <laughs> it was 1997. How can you just steal somebody's lunch? I don't know. Because here, it's, and I don't know if it's like that in other workplaces, it's kind of understood if it's laying out on the counter, it's open season. Up for grabs. Up for grabs. Anybody right. can take it. If it's in the fridge packaged in a little container, it's probably not for the masses. Well, in people, a brown bag that says Valerie Porter on it? Yeah, people I don't write think their I'm, name. Yeah. People write their name on it I've and it still gets that. stolen. Yeah. I know uh, somebody here had a pizza in there. Somebody took a bite out of the piece of pizza and put it back in the box. <laughs> See, we got to get a nanny cam or something out there. Yeah. Because I got to know, who is that, is that ruthless? That's hilarious. Took a bite of it. Not just, I want to ruin your lunch. I don't yes. want to eat it. I like it. That's that's a vendetta. That's somebody with with uh, revenge on their mind. I I one time was guilty of a cold pizza was out in the everybody take it. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, community yeah. lunchbox. And like I took like a big bite of it and I was like, it's so cold. And I dropped it in the box and turned around and I totally forgot about it. And then Russ was livid. Yeah, and, uh, and because here's the thing: the garbage is too. <laughs> I know, but I just forgot about it. Away. It wasn't like I had, I fessed up to it immediately. He posted it on social media. I was like, dude, that was me. I forgot. I took a bite of the pizza and I set it down, and then I probably just got caught up in a conversation or something. <laughs> I remember being on an email thread where Russ was livid because somebody was flicking boogers in one of the stalls <laughs> in the back. <laughs> How did I miss like, out on that? He's oh, yeah. like, who's putting boogers on the back of the door <laughs> in the bathroom? Bunch of animals. I'm like, are you in there chiseling off boogers? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I remember that. Dude, are you in there chiseling boogers off the wall right now, firing off emails while you're trying to have your morning constitutional? All right. Well, look, just don't be animals in the workplace, that's all. It's a shared space. That's what makes it so gross is that people have their own, the way they live at home, they bring those same habits. habits to the workplace and not everybody... Has as lenient a policy on a lot of things like that, like just grabbing whatever's in the fridge and eating it. Well, could it be that this woman, it was all just a mistake when she, because when you look at uh, Chinese food in those in those boxes, you can't tell if it's one half hour old or thirty weeks old. So you go, oh god, that Chinese food's gonna stink. Let me get that. Let me throw that out. 
I'm trying to find some way that this woman isn't a total serial killer. No, I think she probably is. Yeah, She's one of those women who tortured cats when she was a kid. (laughs) Mike has your sports when we come back. Nova gets the national championship, and the Buckos are undefeated. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is here with your sports on the DVE Morning Show. Mike. Sports is all brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. If you were a little late getting into PNC Park yesterday or you weren't able to tune into the AT&T Sportsnet broadcast for the first inning, you missed the highlight of the Pirates' 2018 home opener. A rookie with the bases full. Chance to make a good first impression. Moran awaits. He slams one out to right. Colin Moran, a grand slam. Welcome to Pittsburgh. Get red fastball count finally, and he gets the fastball, and he buries it. For Moran. Wow. That grand what sl- an introduction. That grand slam part of a five-run first inning that the Pirates were able to make stick against Minnesota. The Pirates win it 5-4. to four, That call by Joe Block and Steve Blass on AT&T Sportsnet. And in the immediate aftermath of that 5-4 Pirates victory over the Twins, Moran acknowledged with Robbie Ismankowski how special a moment it truly was. Uh, yeah, I dreamt of that for a long time, so um, definitely uh, enjoyed that one. So, uh, yeah, growing up, going to opening days, uh, it made it special to be able to contribute. Yeah, Moran, a rookie third baseman who was part of the Garrett Cole trade. Pirates are going to need him to be a regular contributor this year if they're not going to fall completely on their faces. Well, I was pointed out last hour, you got a guy who's going to play every day versus a guy who pitches every five, yeah. so, uh, you know, Got some other stuff in that trade, but one guy's hurt and one's sent down. <laughs> and and one's out of the pen. Big W yesterday, man. They're undefeated right now. You gotta yeah. be feeling pretty good about that, given how much negative attention was being uh cast upon the team there, Mike. The other feel good story was Jamison Tyone, who got the start on uh, the home opener and went five and a third innings. Not uh, a particularly long outing, but it was dominating. Four hits, two runs, both of them earned no walks and nine strikeouts. Tyone matching his career high in case as he starts the season 1-0 and and the Bucks improve to 4-0. They are off today, and uh, they'll take on the Twins again on Wednesday night. 30,186, the announced tickets sold. Looked an awful lot as if uh, fewer people than that were in the park. So the fans making a statement, but uh, the Pirates may be making one as well. You know, uh, to their credit, they all handle it great. You know, Jay Hay saying after the game, like, hey, can't worry about who's here and who's not here. And uh, we just got to play ball. And Hurdle saying, hey, winning takes care of that. And, you know, you got to turn the page at some point and stop obsessing about the offseason and start focusing on the season. They're they're playing games now. They are what they are. They have who they have. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, let's see how they do. Pens are getting ready to uh, take on the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus on Thursday night. It's a race for second place in the NHL's Metropolitan Division. Pittsburgh 
has 96 points. Columbus has 94. Philadelphia has 94. And the Devils have 93. So if you're looking at that Thursday night game in Columbus is maybe the game that's going to decide who finishes second and who gets home ice in that second-third matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Feel free to do so. It's looking as if that is, in fact, going to be the case. The Penguins will finish with Ottawa at home on Friday night. Columbus is hosting Detroit tonight. Uh, The Jackets will host the Penguins on Thursday. Then they'll play at Nashville on Saturday. And uh, that might be one of those games for Nashville, which currently has a three-point lead on Boston for first overall. Nashville could have everything wrapped up by then and kind of take a knee, metaphorically speaking. Of course, they don't do that in hockey. No, no, no. For either national anthem. It would get cold. (laughs) It's hard to do it on the bench. There's just not a lot of room. No. That's not practical. Uh, Tickets for the Pens' first two home playoff games will go on sale today at 10 a.m. You can get those at Ticketmaster.com or at the Dick's Sporting Goods box office at PPG Paints Arena or by calling 1-800-745-3000. If you're interested in those, don't delay. There are only about 2,000 available. College basketball's national championship was decided last night for the second time in three seasons. Villanova is on top of the college basketball world. Villanova handling Michigan 79 to 62. The Wildcats had won the title in 2016. They did it in a little bit of a different fashion this time. Uh, they did it in large part thanks to a national championship game record 31 points off the bench from guard Dante DiVincenzo. I just had it going offensively. Um, Jalen and Mikhail did an amazing job of just finding me. Um, Amari was setting unbelievable screens, getting me open, and I was just trying to be aggressive. That was DiVincenzo with ESPN.com after the Wildcats championship, acknowledging teammates uh, Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, and Omari Spellman. Uh, Villanova just stormed its way through this tournament. Yeah, they did. Starting here in Pittsburgh, beat Radford by 26, Alabama by 23, West Virginia by 12, Texas Tech by 12, Kansas by 16, and Michigan by 15 in the national championship game. It is uh, the third all-time championship for Villanova in addition to that second win in the last three years. Michigan loses uh, in the title game for the second time since winning its only title in 1989. Uh, The Wolverines lost to Louisville in 2013 and uh, last night to Villanova. And uh, in case you're wondering about next year, the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas has already posted the odds for next season's college basketball national championship. Where's Pitt? Chase. Pitt's not listed, but uh, you know these I like things. Their chances. These things change. Uh, <laughs> Duke is your favorite at five to one, followed by North Carolina at twelve to one, and Michigan State, Gonzaga, and Virginia all at fifteen to one. What a great tournament! And uh, I can say that now. On the way for you next hour. Mike Lang, the Hockey Hall of Famer, live in studio. Also, our buddy Joe Bartnick's going to be stopping by. And when we come back, you thought the Tide Pod Challenge was ridiculous. Wait till you hear what the kids are doing now. This is going to blow your mind. What's wrong with the kids, Mike? What's many, wrong? Many things. What's Randall. wrong with these kids? Time does not allow for me to accurately categorize 
All that is wrong with the kids. All that is wrong with the kids. Hey, don't forget, <laughs> you can listen to DVE On Demand all the time with the iHeartRadio app. Download it onto your phone, your smart tablet, your dumb tablet. Just uh, download it and listen to DVE no matter where you go. All you have to do is search DVE within the iHeartRadio app, and it has everything right there at your fingers. All those streaming services you use, you don't need them. All you need is iHeart. It's got everything you use on the other apps. Plus, you can uh, take DVE with you wherever you go around the world. iHeartRadio.com. It's Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show along with Bill Crawford here, back from vacation from uh, a week ago. You were out in uh, Los Angeles. You did a show with Kathleen Madigan before you went out west. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, in Phil- like outside of Philadelphia. It was actually like right at the southernmost tip of Jersey. Ah, Easton. Yep. And it uh, looked like, yeah, you played to a really cool theater there. Oh, so. my God. Good Kathleen stuff. sold that, that thing out and... It's always fun to just sit in the wings and watch her dominate a room. I She's mean, she, awesome. She is really, really special. Yep. Well, you know, the kids today, Bill, they're special. special in a different way. Yeah. yeah. The The latest trend, I never really believe when I hear these things that they're catching on more than like a dozen people across the country have done I'm it. skeptical as well. But it feels like they just go viral and then it. It's a misrepresentation of how big it is. So the latest one is the condom snorting challenge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now this is being reported very wide. This is not like you will cocaine being held in a condom and snorting that. This is not a Maria Full of Grace thing. No. This is just putting cocaine, not cocaine, putting a condom in your nose and then pulling it through your mouth, through your sinus cavities. Yeah. And uh, out the other side. And the challenge is you you have to try not to gag. Now, people say this does. CBS did a report on it that I'm reading from. The potentially life-threatening practice dates back a few years, but has resurfaced in recent days. Unsurprisingly, doctors and school officials are speaking out against the dangerous party trick and urging teens not to partake. You're literally putting something down your nose, which connects to your mouth, which connects to your trachea said Dr. Amar Ali, an emergency room physician at Beaumont Health. I mean, you're risking choking on it. In addition to choking, it, it could just you could get a bad infection. It could get stuck. The nasal passages and sinuses have special cells that can be damaged if objects such as condoms are placed in them, potentially leading to a bacterial or fungal infection. I don't know why I'm even reading from this. Here's what could happen if you do it. I, everybody knows you shouldn't. Pull a condom through your nose and down it. That's not how you put it on. Do, don't you feel like, I don't know if you had went to high school with a kid that did this, but I definitely did, who had like tricks like this where they would put like nails in their nose or con, like a condom. Like Andrew the con- Impaler. Yeah. I did not. Okay, I did. So this one is pretty nasty. Oh, it's gross. And... You could die from this. One woman nearly did in 2004. One woman. They're ribbed for her snorting. (laughs) She accidentally inhaled a condom during oral sex. Whoa. And that led to pneumonia and a partial lung collapse. Oh, my God. And then last year, a woman suffered an appendicitis after she swallowed a condom, and a piece of it got lodged in her appendix. Even if you successfully- If you inhale it, you're doing it wrong, right? I I, am. Or it doesn't fit very well. <laughs> right. Some Even, overly ambitious guy. I'm going to use no, a... I'm uh, a magnum. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm magnum. I'm a magnum. 
even if you successfully complete the challenge and pull the condom out of your mouth from your sinus cavities, the bottom line is that it's incredibly irritating and a good chance it will wreak havoc on your sinuses, nasal passages, and upper airways, said this doctor. There should be reasons enough to discourage you from attempting this dangerous challenge. Exactly. He's like, I shouldn't have to give you the, the medical reasons why. You should just know not to do this. So, Bill, this led us to start to talk about, like, this all seems recent. And again, yeah. these stories come out, and I know parents are going to go run to their kid's room and look for, you know, condoms or you know look for like with, with boogers on them or something trying to find evidence of them partaking in the latest fad but i don't think it's ever a major concern i really don't now you have to figure out if your kid has condoms in his room like oh god are they sexually active or just a moron <laughs> i don't know we gotta have that conversation the yeah. birds the bees and being an idiot right all right, so I, I asked you to uh, look up the last five or so that have made big news. And I'm going to spoiler alert myself here, but number one is the snorting sure, condoms, okay. just because it's the most recent fad. I mean, just think about that snorting condom. I mean, that's a thing. It, All these things, I didn't know were things. Like, I started looking at this list, and I mean, a lot of different uh, outlets have already composed articles that are like, here's the 15 most dangerous teen challenges 15. 15 so i just took five that were like whoa what is this again do you believe that these are really widespread and it's an issue this first one number five is and it's the kylie jenner lip challenge and this is right. exactly like the ice bucket challenge except instead of raising awareness and money for als it's just a bunch of teenage girls that want to look like they just kissed a beehive yeah. permanently <laughs> They take a shot glass. I don't know if you saw this, but they were kids were taking shot glasses or like any kind of wide mouth bottle and sucking their lips through it. Okay, yeah. To yeah. basically plump to, up the to lips. plump your pout. Yeah, which sounds like the creepiest direction of a school <laughs> photographer ever. Plump hey, sweetheart, plump your pout. <laughs> like, who let that guy in here? So this is basically causing, like, it can cause irreversible damage. Kids are doing this, and yeah. instead of looking like they have big, full lips like Kylie Jenner, they they have black and blue marks. It looks like they kissed a light bulb. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a terrible look. And looks like jumper cables were, like, hooked up to their mouth. And I believe this one is more widespread because teens want that look. The other ones kind of are like kids are trying to go viral with something. They're trying to right. get views on YouTube. Right. And that's number four, the Tide Pod Challenge. That's, you know, uh, very much in vogue at the moment. Because, the Tide Pod Challenge is number four? Yeah. All right. Because the soap company made their products look like little tasty candies in 2012, and we joked that we would eat them, and then teens on YouTube don't understand how jokes or poison works. <laughs> and that's kind of how that thing took off. And it it just, I thought that this was a made-up thing as well and started looking online. Kids are doing this in, like, there's tons of videos online of kids eating these Tide Pods and washing it down with, like, Tide liquid soap. Nah. I swear to God. I I couldn't believe it. I don't, I don't know how you don't just pass out or uh. have to go to the hospital immediately. Oh, my God. Okay, so number three is the eyeballing challenge. I don't know if you've seen this. No. Kids drinking vodka with their eyeball. <laughs> How? I don't even know, but it basically just like doing a shot, like pouring 
vodka into a, a cap and then putting the cap like back in their eyes. Or I've seen people squeezing a lemon or a lime directly oh. <laughs> into their eye on purpose. Oh, my God. Imagine going up to the bar and ordering a shot. Thanks. And throw it in your eye. You know, because I guess seeing is overrated. Well, like, this is kind of goes along with butt chugging. Yes. This is sort of a... a it's in the same family. A first cousin of yeah. butt chugging. It's just another way to get alcohol or something directly into your bloodstream through your eye socket. Well, you would have to use like a dropper, wouldn't you? No. These kids are not doing it that advanced. Oh. They're just taking it in a cap oh. and opening their eye as wide as possible. Oh, my God. Pour, I mean, you can go blind. I mean, kids are on the internet with glasses, and they're like, are, are you guys just showing off? Like, your eyesight so you is watched, so good. you watch videos of kids oh, doing this? Oh, of course. <laughs> because I want to just see these idiots. Yeah. Go, ah, ah, I can't see. Yeah, you just poured a hundred proof vodka into your eye. Oh my god, Tristan, what are you doing, Tristan? Is it worth the a hundred thousand view YouTube views? It is to them, man. That's how powerful that dopamine rush is of getting the likes. And then there's uh, number two, the salt and ice challenge. And this is like pouring salt on your body or on your skin somewhere, and then you put ice on it and basically burn yourself. What? Which is somehow dumber and more permanent than tribal tattoos of the 90s. Wait a minute. You yeah. put just regular table salt. Yes. On your arm, let's say, and yeah. then you put a block of ice on top of that. And then hold it. Like, hold it down, and s supposedly it burnt. Like, th there's kids online that have these huge burn boils. Burn boils are like the new tramp stamp for kids. Oh and I God. don't know why they're doing it, but like there's there's other challenges that didn't make the list that are like, you know, number 1 is snorting condoms, but there's other ones that like the eraser challenge where kids just rub an eraser back and forth on their skin until it basically completely takes their skin off. What about so what about the uh one I saw last week on the uh, forearm on the burner? Did you see that one? I didn't. It was people were putting kids were putting their forearm on the stove, okay. on the burner on the on the oven, and it was like you had to keep it there for X amount of seconds, <laughs> and then they would you know come up and they were they had their marks. Yeah, of course, from the they electric to stove charcoal their uh, their forearm, which I you know like they worked at Burger King. I probably burned my hand. Trying to light a cigarette off of an electric stove back in the day. But not intentionally. No. That one was crazy. I don't understand it. And the other one that I thought was interesting was, do you remember the cinnamon challenge? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was That's still a thing. And that's, that's dangerous. A big spoonful of cinnamon without any drink or anything. And basically, you can give yourself all types of respiratory issues. Yeah. Like, I'm watching kids cough up a cloud of cinnamon. <laughs> Because you can't, you can't consume it. No. I believe the children are the future. Well, then there's kids like changing the world. I know. Affecting uh, government policy. And then there's uh, kids burning T themselves. Typically not the same kids. No. 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 I think that the kids have all, there's always been a segment of kids that are this dumb. This that is sort of like, yeah. yeah. There's always been that F, the, F that alligator guy. <laughs> <laughs> who then jumps into the lagoon where the alligator is. Do not is. swim. Dangerous alligator. 
if that alligator jumps in, promptly gets eaten. <laughs> She's like, all right. Okay. What do we have here? <laughs> we we just lost another Tide Pod Challenge yeah. guy? Stephen Hawking, it wasn't. No. Uh, all right. Val's got your news coming up next, Val. Did you ever do any of those weird things back in no. Franklin when you were a kid? Are you kidding? No. The challenges? No. Would you do the, the Kylie Jenner lip plump? Look, no. this all started with some kid putting his tongue on a metal pole in the winter, okay? <laughs> right. No question. Didn't do that either. You got to blame the Christmas story for that. Yeah, definitely. This is all Ralphie's fault that the kids are snorting <laughs> condoms. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, Netflix wants to hire you to do something you might already be doing anyway. Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang, 845 in studio. Berg. Sonic is definitely the place where you would go to get sound. Like when I was thinking drive throughs I'm like, I can't. Is that enough time? Well, Sonic, you can you Well, you just... can smoke it yeah. in the drive-thru. The restaurant in Gulfport, Missouri posted the sign after someone blew smoke in the face of a drive-thru window. Little car worker. hop. Right. Uh, the store's manager said the staff was just getting sick and tired of smelling weed all the time. This is making them not want to work. I now, pull- look, our menu was constructed by somebody who was clearly catering to high people. <laughs> but we wanted you to do that before you got here. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, uh, Joe Bartnick is live in studio with us right now. And Joe's going to be performing with Bill Burr this Friday night at the Benningham Center. Welcome back home, Joe. Josie. What's up, man? Hey, what's happening? Uh, just uh, everything's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic awesome, stuff. Man. I was hearing that little uh, a little bit. It's funny because I had a lady on my Facebook account last year go, if you love marijuana, you can't be my friend. <laughs> and first of all, I'm like, well, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I looked it up, and she is a lady from Atlanta who manages a Taco Bell. No way. It's like the whole reason you have a job is because of marijuana. <laughs> Nobody sober is like, I need a chalupa. <laughs> How can you be against that? Yeah, I Taco Bell. <laughs> what was the, the one, uh, like a Dorito thing that they came up with? Yeah, I never, I've, you know, honestly, and, uh, you know, on my child, I have, I've not eaten a Taco Bell since I moved to California. Uh, very, why would very where, proud where of that. Yeah. Where the Mexican food is from. Oh, it's, yeah. The people that go to Taco Bell in California, like, there's a, a, a native, not native Mexican, yeah, they are native Mexicans, actually. We Pretty took much. them over. Authentic. But there's like, yeah, authentic, thanks, Val. There's an authentic Mexican place right next door. Right. Why would you <laughs> go for the one that, is mass produced exactly well you- now i think they have a tortilla made from an egg right which that's got to be healthy really well the, the, it- <laughs> the dorito <laughs> taco shell, yes. it was a taco shell that was made out of a dorito is what you're yes. thinking of. right now there's one made by an egg it's i an, swear it's just to god an egg shaped like a yes it's like they fried i guess so hard that it turns into a taco chip i really? swear to god i swear to god oh i, be- I believe you all i know is this uh in the states where they legalize marijuana, right? Not only have they shown that opioid use has like gone way down, and there was another study corroborating that this week, which is good, which means it might be a way to combat the opioid crisis. But sales of late night food have to be through the roof, like the Grub Hubs and all of those <laughs> like uh, apps where they'll go out and get the food for you. They have to be absolutely <laughs> flourishing. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, a lot of that's a lot of comics do that. It's like the new Uber. It's easier because now Uber is basically just cab drivers. Well, it just removes yeah. the part where you have to see other people. Who wants to do that? And they're so good about it with Grubhub. They so understand what you're trying to do. You're trying to not see people, and you're trying to eat shame-free <laughs> that they like leave it on your door, ring the doorbell, and run away. Like they're leaving ransom money or something like that. They're just going to start launching it with like a catapult from the the car. (laughs) Yesterday, Permanis announced they're starting to do it through a a service. And I can't remember the name of the service. Joe, can you find the name of that service that Permanis is using? I can't remember which one it it is. But you're going to be able to get Permanis delivered to your door. That's going to break the internet. Yeah. That's like a Kim Kardashian naked photo. When you can order <laughs> Permanis online, how great! Like how is how's that gonna how's that gonna work? I actually get mad though when I'm somewhere and they take care of everyone on the phone or the online person. Like, no, I'm in line. Right. I'm right here. I'm here. Bunch of drunk people Permanis. I'll be like, no, we're gonna make fifty sandwiches for a guy over in Wexford. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some guy's coked up in Dormont and needs fifteen of these right now. <laughs> I had a buddy of mine who lived in South Oakland, and he had the the O delivered to his house. And it was the only person that lived in a radius where they would deliver. I didn't even know they delivered. But we'd just be hammered at his place and be like, dude, we're ordering O fries and six hamburgers and pizza. Oh, my God. It was amazing. That must have been, yeah. The O fries are legit. There's no doubt about it. But getting a Permani. So I love Permani's. I am the biggest fan of Permani's. I don't think I'll care about this when I order one, but just as a sober person thinking about it at the moment, I think the, it's the nice to, to have it on deck when it's hot is really that is hot off the grill. That's the the best possible Permanis experience. I it does detract a little bit when it travels. I've, my freshman year of college, my roommate worked at Permanis. So I've eaten so many cold oh permanis that I'm able yeah. to overcome that. But you're absolutely right. Wait, yeah. a couple of years ago when we did uh, Comedy Fest, I distinctly remember bringing permani sandwiches to your house. And I don't think we lost any flavor or taste in the transition. We didn't lose a fry that night. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> I cleaned them up the well, next that day. Was just that was Michael <laughs> Che trying to feed the sandwich to Randy's dog. To my racist who, dog. Who was racist. Man, your dog is racist. So he kept saying to me, but the floor was covered <laughs> in coleslaw and French fries the next day because Ralphie May was just sitting there with like permanies dripping off of him. Oh, he didn't. Yeah, right. I I can still see the seat where he was sitting at, yeah. just the food oh, rolling yeah. off of him. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, it was awesome times. <laughs> R.I.P. Ralphie, man. What a. Oh yeah, I know. We were talking. about That was him probably the, the last time we hung with him. It was. Talk to him after that, but it was uh, he. Yeah, he was in studio after that, but that mm-hmm. was the last time we actually hung. He's like a ra- he was like a rain man. Like he remembered that night. Like he remembered our conversation, and I'm like, I don't even remember that conversation. I just remember he knew everything about you guys, and that was the thing that blew me away. And I thought, like, wow, Ralph, he's such a fan of comedy because he was like, Joe Barnett, don't be telling me about that. And then he would list your credits. <laughs> He'd be like, <laughs> like that gig you did with uh, Lisa Lampanelli on that huge stage, and that you like. He knew about Verzi's career. He oh, knew absolutely. about your career. He knew about Che. He was like... And he always brought gifts, too. That was the other thing. It's like, didn't he bring a bottle of something that Yeah, I'm, I still have the the bottom of that whiskey bottle. I left it. It's got, it's like a little bit of a keepsake. I, don't, I, I can't... I don't have the heart to finish it. No, you got to keep that one. It was a delicious bottle. I am a whiskey connoisseur. That was a delicious bottle of whiskey. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I met Ralphie, uh, his booker goes, if you, I, if you had Lantacoma and you had Lantacoma, you combine it to a show... 
yeah, north of Seattle, which has the most beautiful woman on earth. I think Wonder Woman's from there. People are like Bellingham, really? I'm telling you, amazing woman. Anyway, so we, <laughs> so we t- tag team, and the bookers like John Fox goes, "How big's your truck?" I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "No, like how big's your truck?" And I go, "It's a normal. You've been in it, John. says ten. He goes, "Okay." When I first met Ralphie, he took over. Every single piece of oxygen in the front of that truck, <laughs> <laughs> except for me, like I was squished completely. Yeah. And then he was a nice. He bought and he bought six dinners, and I had one and a half of them. Yeah, he, he wow. was the most generous guy. There's no doubt about it. Well, he would have been psyched to hear the permanies are being delivered. No oh, he, question. He'd, yeah, he'd probably buy a house over here. So I know Gold Belly does it. <laughs> By the way, thanks to Gold Belly, GoldBelly.com delivers food all over the country. Uh, and they, they do permanis all over the country, but I think there's one locally that does it now, Joe. Um, and Black and gold belly. We have to thank Gold Belly, and I can't remember the woman's name, but she sent us a bunch of ribs and barbecue last week because we were talking about that meme that went out about the Brooklyn barbecue place that was everybody like, was tiny. making fun of. Oh, yeah. And we mentioned tiny like portions look kind of dry. We should get Gold Belly to deliver us some so we can taste it because I bet it's not that bad and everything on the internet is just like much ado about nothing it's just chum in the water that everybody pounces on anytime they have something to make fun of and she sent us a bunch of food and did you eat those ribs yeah it was our easter lunch how was it good where were they from i can't remember i I know it was a black label written in script yeah well thank you to her but i can't remember the name i can't remember her name it might be melissa but uh thanks so much for sending us uh that stuff from gold belly all right val's got a news update for us joe bartnick's hanging out in studio it's the DVE Morning Show. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's Center 11. It's 39 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Allegheny County finally signing off on the 18th Congressional District Special Election. It is the last county to certify the results of the March 13th race between Democrat Connor Lamb and Republican Rick Saccone, which Saccone conceded on March 20th. The Observer reporter says the certification was to be sent to the Department of State yesterday. Saccone won in Green, Washington, and Westmoreland counties, but it wasn't enough to overcome Lamb's lead in Allegheny County, and his lead eventually grew to over 700 votes. Jared Fogel continues to make bizarre legal moves. The former subway pitchman who is serving 15 years in prison for child porn is suing the judges and prosecutors who put him behind bars. TMZ says Fogel and two other inmates have filed a civil suit seeking $57 million, which he believes is triple the value of the career he lost when he was arrested. He claims he was unjustly charged with conspiracy to receive pictures of minors. Just last week, Jared filed paperwork seeking a writ of habeas corpus. For some reason, he listed President Trump as defendant on that suit. A judge has what? given him 30 days to remove the commander-in-chief from that petition. Yeah, he's a little out of his mind. How about how close we were to losing Tom Segura's career to Gerald Fog- <laughs> Jared Fogel? Did you hear that story? Jermaine. (laughs) He was originally booked to be the counterbalance to Jared Fogle. The The unhealthy brother of Jared. Like Jared Jared was going to be like, hey, look at me. I'm eating turkey sandwiches and I'm losing all this weight. And then they were going to show Segura and he's going to be like, or you can get like like the meatball meatball sub. And he was going to be a fat guy named uh, Jerome. And he's like, I feel like that name's too black, like a black guy's named Jerome. Uh, not necessarily a white guy. So Subway goes and thinks about it, and they're like, "You're right." So we're gonna change your name to Jermaine. So it was gonna be J- which is <laughs> so inarguably with like yeah. black with a splash of gay, right? <laughs> so it was 
Jared and Jermaine, and that was going to be the ad campaign. And then at some point, they just dropped them. And had they not dropped them, Segura would be forever Dunkelmaned. Oh, my God. Tom telling that story to Stephen Colbert where he's basically like he thought he arrived. Like they're talking this whole slate of commercials. They're going to do appearances. (laughs) He's going to be a star. Oh. Thank God it didn't happen. Uh, it all worked out for Tom, I think. Yeah, <laughs> He's doing okay. <laughs> the 20-year-old man who invoked the affluenza defense after a deadly crash is now a free man. Ethan Couch was released from a jail near Dallas yesterday after serving two years for a revoked probation. Couch was 16 and drunk when he struck and killed four people in June of 2013. He's now just over a week away from his 21st birthday. A psychologist testified during his manslaughter trial that Couch's irresponsibility was the result of his family's wealth, calling it affluenza. His mom, Tanya, is awaiting trial on charges of hindering apprehension of a felon and money laundering after fleeing to Mexico with him in 2015. Here's another one of those stories that might might make you say, oh, why can't that ever happen to me? A 400-year-old painting found in an attic in Des Moines, Iowa, could be worth millions. The painting, Apollo and Venus, by late 16th century and early 17th century Belgian painter Otto van Veen, was found in Des Moines' historic Hoyt Sherman Place Entertainment venue two years ago while someone was looking for Civil War flags in a storage room. Painting was found with layers of discolored varnish and poor restoration work from decades ago. It ended up taking art experts four months to return the painting to its original state, but again, it could be worth millions. A Phoenix mom is facing child abuse charges for allegedly using a taser on her teenage son to get him up for church on Easter. My dad would have 100% done that. I was going to say, probably a lot of parents want to do this. Uh, just didn't have the access. (laughs) Right. Sharon Dobbins told police she wanted to make sure her kids were up in time for Easter. Her son, fortunately, didn't suffer any serious injuries. Uh, Doesn't look like she tased any of the other kids, so I guess they all got up. (laughs) Maybe he was the first he was the warning shot. I, I had to go to Erie the last couple of weekends. And uh, two weekends ago, they have Uber up there now. But it is relatively new. And um, they aren't exactly, I don't think, sticklers for all of the Uber uh, requirements in Erie just yet. And so we're in the car. And, and we're at a birthday party. So we had several drinks. And we're going to the after party thing. And my brother is sitting in the front seat with the Uber driver. And he's like, are people being nice to you here and everything? And she's like, yeah, it's not so bad so far. He's like, do you have some protection? She's like, well, we're not allowed to carry any, you know? And he's like, yeah, but you have you have something, right? And she's like, yes, I do. I got a taser. And he's like, really? She's like, yeah, but don't say nothing. You guys seem cool. So uh, I'll let you know. I got a taser. And my brother's like, come on. And she's like, whoop. And she pulls out this taser. And <laughs> so she's driving one hand with her left hand. And she's like talking with this taser in her hand with her right. And my brother's like, that looks, yeah, that, I mean, that's a taser. And she's like, yeah, you want me to fire it off? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I think no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Let's not set the the, uh, the taser off in here. And she ultimately didn't, but she was waving it around talking. She's like, because you never know. <laughs> and if I keep it in this hand, I can just go like this right, right, to the guy. And she's demonstrating how she would defend herself. And I just kept thinking. You guys out. were one pothole away from your brother getting tased. <laughs> I know. That had to be, like, if there was a camera in the car, like, welcome to Uber's training class. Today, <laughs> don'ts. <laughs> Number one on the list of don'ts. This ride from Erie, Pennsylvania. 
How many Uber drivers are there? In Erie or in general? It, oh, no, in Erie. Cause oh, I, on, uh, oh, probably a couple dozen. Oh, because I was in Aspen, and there's two. <laughs> and the, the one guy wasn't coming so the the booker just called him on the phone like steve get over here my guy's freezing are you serious <laughs> yeah there's two that's hilarious steve is one of them i think tasing your kids is over uh, crossing the line i think uh low voltage shock callers though could be a, a hey, thing okay. that, that works well is taser the shock. one that shoots the where it stays attached and the barbs go in you, or it, is it just yeah, a little one? Yeah, that's a version that... of it. There's a gun. There's two kinds, okay. yeah. There's that one, and there's the one that looks like a Norelco razor. Right. Yeah, and it's just a, an electric shock. And that's the one that she has. That's yeah. the close range. She was like, it was pink. That one will get yeah. you. You don't oh, want that dude, one. Dude, I don't want any of them. All right. By the way, DoorDash was the service that will deliver permanent. And then leave. Yes. DoorDash. Yeah, boom, and they're gone. How can you trust Permandis? You got to be right there. No one's going to let Permandis. Yeah, sitting on the. Oh, if the doorbell rings, you better hurry up. Yeah, you better be looking out the window waiting. That's right, with a taser. <laughs> oh, don't worry, people will be. <laughs> Wonder Woman is getting her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame today. Linda Carter, who played the iconic superhero in the '70s TV show, will be honored with her star in the television category. Uh, that's going to be at a ceremony on Hollywood Boulevard this morning. That event will broadcast online if you're a fan at 1130 a.m. Pacific time on walkoffame.com. Uh, normally, I wouldn't care or talk much about American Idol, but there were two local women on the competition. Aubrey Birchall of North Huntington, she was eliminated, but Gabby Barrett of Munhall is still in it. 58 remaining contestants from Hollywood had one final uh, opportunity to impress Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan with a showcase performance in front of a live audience. Uh, here is Gabby's performance. Say, I know it was a risk doing a Carrie Underwood song, but at this point in the competition, you gotta give all or nothing. He hit a woman for the very Girl can sing. It's Gabby Barrett from Munhall. Uh, the top 24 will face the judges again Sunday night as they compete for a spot in the top 14. Is she the one that said her dad like was double shifting? Yes. The pay- oh, all right. Well, mm-hmm. we got to be rooting for her. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Finally, another concert announcement for you this morning. The Outlaw Music Festival coming to Keybank Pavilion on Friday, September 7th. It's Willie Nelson and Van Morrison co-headlining. Uh, the festival also that? includes Sturgill Simpson, Brandy Carlisle, Lucas Nelson, and the Promise of the Real, and the Common Heart. Oh, hey. yeah. all right. Other artists will likely be announced. Tickets to the general public go on sale this Friday, April sixth, at noon at LiveNation.com. Man, is that going to be a great concert? Yeah. Uh, look, rare chance for Pittsburghers to see Van Morrison. Yes. Don't blow that opportunity. Plus, Sturgill. Yeah, Van Morrison's insane. You know he's going to play one song and freak out or play seven hours. Yeah, or he'll play the saxophone the whole time and do just instrumentals start to finish. I can't wait to see the Common Heart on that stage. Uh, also, Brandy Carlisle, uh, 
She's incredible. Luke Nelson and uh, Promise of the Real, mm-hmm. that's Neil Young's backing band, basically. Mm-hmm. And they have really been making a name for themselves in this past year. That show's going to be outstanding. Nice. September 7th. Yep. Tickets on sale this Friday at noon. Also, Ween is coming to Stage AE on July 27th, which I'm very oh excited about. I know you love Ween. I think it's the 29th. Yeah. I'm going to Colorado to see them wow. this summer. Well, I might not now. Now that they're coming to Pittsburgh, I'm like, yeah. hmm, maybe I won't have to travel. All right. When we come back, Mike Pursuta with your sports update. New national champ. Nova gets it for the second time in three years. A lot of winning going on in the state of Pennsylvania this year. Penguins. The Eagles. Nova. Uh, it makes me nervous. Will it come back here? Or will a cup go across the state? Oh, please, please, please. Like, come on. Don't even, don't even bite your tongue. I can't even believe the... The, the the jealousy of Tom Brady around here led people actually root for the Eagles. Oh, you yeah. know, inside every Eagle fan is a Flyer fan. I know, I know. We were weak. I I was trying to raise that flag, Joe. People were not hearing it. They just their were... hatred of Tom Brady blinded them. Yes, this, that's how Al Qaeda started. You know, jealousy. Um, it's one of the seven sins, I think. <laughs> uh, when we come back. Mike proceeded with your sports and then Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang live in studio. DVE Sports. All right, Joe Bartnick live in studio with us and Mike Pursuta here with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Let's pick up where you guys left off uh, just prior to the break. You guys were hitting around at, uh, well, what went on in San Antonio last night and what's been going on at the other end of the Commonwealth. Here's Philadelphia guy Jay Wright talking about Villanova's national championship win over Michigan and how uh, Philadelphia has kept the ball rolling. Philly's starting to get just starting to get used to being winners, man. I don't know if we know how to handle this. I I don't know how to handle this. We were all so comfortable being underdogs, you know. But after that Eagles victory, we, we will all been feeling good since the Eagles, and this one's definitely going to help the town. They'll, they'll party tonight. Yeah, Pat stakes for everybody, right? Wildcats the polls were greased again last night, Mike. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Wildcats 79, Michigan 62. What a dominating run in this tournament for Villanova. I had him in the Final Four, so I was happy. And uh, great stuff. If, if you want to really uh, understand how college basketball works and what can happen, a great article in The Athletic today by Dana O'Neill. Uh, she's been at this a long time and has a pretty good feel for it. Uh, talking about how the... Villanova team that won the title in 2016 and again last night was comprised of recruiting classes that ranked 37th, 24th, 33rd, and 39th nationally. You got to have a fantastic coach, though. That yeah. Jay Wright's a heck of a coach. But he also knows how he wants to play. You, you can't go for the five star because everybody else is. You got to go for a guy who can do what you want to do, play the way you want to play, and will be coachable. It, you know. It can happen. Sure, if you Shashevsky's doing pretty well getting all the one and duns and the best players, you can win that way too. But it's not the only way you can win in college hoops. That's why this tournament's so uh, upset filled every year, and that's why it's so exciting. And that's why teams such as Villanova, think of where they were in the 80s. Villanova beat Georgetown 1985, one of the great upsets of all time in college hoops. Uh, in 2016, Villanova beat North Carolina, a traditional blue bullet. Blue blood on a buzzer-beating shot from way downtown. Now, as uh, Dana O'Neill observes in The Athletic, David is Goliath. It can turn. It can happen. 
it helps that they stayed in the Big East, so they kept their base together. You know, Syrac- it's, helped, it's helped them. Yeah, Syracuse and Pitt they ripped the, apart the Big East, and now they're in no man's land. Wasn't the one guy on Coke in that '85 team? Ed yes. Pickney. Well, McLean, right? McLean is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, McLean, yeah, yeah, but they also had. Well, you know, if you're going to be Patrick Ewing, well, you a lot need of people help. were doing Coke in the '80s. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, true. Kind of, Raleigh Massimino yeah. wasn't. Well, not that we know. No. Great stuff last night. Uh, Villanova is uh, the champ for the second time in three years, and uh, the Wildcats winning 136 games over the last four years. That is a four-year NCAA record. Any four-year span. Can't do better than that. DiVincenzo. You mean the women of Connecticut haven't done that yet, Mike? Oh, he doesn't I, count I don't that. factor the women in when I'm talking about <laughs> exactly. men's, men's basketball. It's shoved you. down our throats, though. Like, oh, my, oh my God, God. <laughs> this is amazing. The greatest performance ever. It's like, they're girls, Gino. I know you can beat every team by 130, but if you play one team that's any good, you lose. What your daughter plays hoops? I know she's my. I like watching my kid. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm <laughs> all for women's sports. I think sports are great for everybody. I think they build character and teach life lessons uh-huh. and all. I think everybody should have an opportunity. Just don't stage that and shove it down my throat like it's the same as men's because it's not. Yeah, it's not who, even close. Women's basketball should be on Facebook, not ESPN. They sold out the <laughs> national championship. I mean, it was a big deal. You can't legislate that crap and tell I, me you just. Well, who's I don't understand. I don't want to see shows about it. I don't want to. You watch don't have it. to watch them. There are people yeah. who do want. I don't understand how you think you're being made to pay attention to it. I was in Buffalo Wild Wings on Sunday watching the Penguins game in Portland. Uh-huh. I was watching that TV. Every single other TV was on the women's game, and there's maybe 50 people in there. Not one person was looking up at the screen. <laughs> I swear to God, and the, food, the food's was on not Twitter. that good there. No. <laughs> <laughs> they were just biding their time. Was it the, with the national championship you're talking about? Yeah, right? the one where yeah. the chick made Notre a big Dame. shot. Yeah, it was a yeah. great shot. I mean, I understand if you're not a fan, you don't have to be, but I don't know why you get mad that other people have the like availability to watch it. You, be- it just feels to you like it's being <laughs> shoved. It does somewhere on TV. <laughs> you're just mad it's on television. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it, that it should be equated to like what. Coach K's done. Uh, see, now that, that, I don't that, know that, 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 it ha- had, that it has been. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that, that, that's the trend lately. Yeah, they talk about so and so past Pat Summit and stuff like no, that. I'm yeah. A- yeah, no, I'm asking, I don't live in asking the world. out of ignorance. I'm not claiming that it hasn't. I don't, yeah. I don't it has, know. So trust us, it has been. Joe, back Yeah, that's why she's like, you know, you can't equate that's the show part. Emma. It's not the TV part. Yeah, let thing. them play. Let the girls. I think it's fantastic. I think it's funnier, though. The TV thing is funnier than me. <laughs> He's mad. It's funny. I don't like it's on the channel. I don't even want to walk by it. <laughs> I, I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. Who gave them this deal? <laughs> I get that. Yeah, yeah apples and oranges uh, at best to, to do a comparison. I would. I'd, I'd agree with you. Yeah, apples and <laughs> something, something not that's fruit. not even a fruit. Okay, yeah. You're right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Pomegranate. I, I think that's fruit. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> that's in everything, too. Darn it. I'm They're sick of pomegranates. Yeah. Avocados and yes. pomegranates, damn it. All those commercials. Yeah. Don't get me started on avocados. Pirates beat the Twins 5-4 in the PNC Park opener yesterday afternoon. A crowd of 30,186 attended. At least that was the tickets distributed. 
Uh, every account I saw suggested there were far fewer people than that in the park. So yeah. uh, the fans have spoken. They're not happy with the way the Pirates have built their team. But uh, that Pirates team is 4-0. and And uh, yesterday, the big blow, a grand slam in the bottom of the first inning from third baseman Colin Moran. Uh, let's uh, enjoy now the first installment of a little game we're going to play all year, or at least until Steeler camp starts and we stop paying attention to the Pirates. How are they doing uh, vis-a-vis the Garrett Cole and Andrew McCutcheon trades? Uh, Garrett Cole, in his first start with the Astros, went seven innings, three walks, 11 strikeouts. He is 1-0 with a 1.29 ERA through one start with the Astros. 1.29. Colin Moran is hitting 167. He's 2-for-12 after that grand slam yesterday. One homer, four RBI. Relief pitcher Michael Felice, three appearances, two innings, no record. Uh, his ERA is 18, and he's got a blown save. Joe Musgrove, uh, starting pitcher, acquired in that deal. He just went on a 10-day DL yesterday. Hey. And uh, Jason Martin, an outfielder, is in the minor leagues. Uh, in terms of the McCutcheon trade, uh, right-handed reliever Kyle Crick is uh, in A Indianapolis. Uh, outfielder Brian Reynolds is in Class A Bradenton. And Andrew McCutcheon is 1-for-16. In San Francisco, he's hitting a cool 0-63. It is chilly there, though. He's just heating up. He's always cold the first three months of the year anyway, so it's going to take him even longer in San Francisco. Joe, remember when we saw Garrett Cole's first That's a little piece of trivia, pirate trivia, is I flew home to see Game 5, Bruins-Penguins. Unfortunately, we got swept. I'm in a pirate game. Uh. You talk about (laughs) depression. (laughs) But that was a pretty awesome game. Though. It was Remember? an awesome. I mean, for Garrett a came game. up and like raked one into uh, yeah, he into a the home, gap. He hit a didn't he hit a home no, run? I think it was a double. It was a double, but it was like a uh, Rambo double. It was like a Mike yeah. Rambo that guy. He was like he crushed it. And he like uh, what he had? Uh, did he hit double digit strikeout that day? His first game. Yeah, I think so. It was awesome. It really was. And I haven't. Was been, it game I, five though? Was it? Was that game five? No, I haven't actually been back since. No, yeah, I don't think I've even been back since. I've been offered pirate tickets the last couple of years, but it's like, eh, I got to get down there, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been saying, I'm choosing to look at it like uh, I love my wife and I hate her parents. And I, I, I can't not root for the pirates, but I'm just so pissed off. Oh, I'm That's rooting the damage for them. they've done to the kids. I just don't want to sit outside for four hours. <laughs> thing with baseball, drinking is, beer and sitting outside in that beautiful park does not sound like a good time to you. I love drinking beer anywhere. I don't even have to play pool or play darts. <laughs> Any activity, I, it takes away from my drinking my beer. I don't need to get involved. <laughs> it's like, the game it's is a distraction. It. Yes, the game. Yeah. Well, my thing with baseball is always this. Uh, except when I in San Francisco because everyone's into it and it's beautiful, but everyone's into the game. You feel like, and the games are like important. It's like but, a football mentality. They're fans. Yeah, exactly. My thing with baseball anymore is like after my second beer and my hot dog, I just start counting outs. And that's no way to live. Like, oh, we have tw- 17 more and then we can leave. Or I, st- or I start like, we can leave. Or I start like passive aggressively. Like, I wonder if I ask him in the seventh. I mean, he bought the tickets. If we oh, leave like, yeah. in the seventh, maybe he'll want to leave in the seventh, right? Right, because you never buy the tickets. It's always. <laughs> no, I, no who, who buys baseball right, tickets? Right, it's like- right. Well, people were really put to the test with that yesterday because it was cold. So if you stuck it out the whole time, and it was, you know, it was a close game right to the very end. I wanted to go. I couldn't find anybody that wanted to go. 
Do you think that that was a loud enough message, though? I mean, it, you know, everyone says, "Wow, this is the lowest attendance in PNC Park." Well, I think history. it was. I think it was only the beginning. I think. I think the possibility existed that coming off that three-game sweep in Detroit, and with Jamison Tyone on the mound, and the weather wasn't that bad. I know it snowed. It was we, cold. We all woke up to snow. It was but freezing. The it roads. Was, yeah, the roads the, were the fine. Grass was it was green. By it was clear. It wasn't right. going to rain or. Val snow. did a remote down there. You said you were freezing. I was on the dock at the Gateway Clipper, freezing, promoting their shuttle to the game. Oh, it was freezing. I thought people were going to get caught up in it. Tyone on the mound, the yeah. guy that everybody's going to get yeah. behind. Sure, the, the highest upside guy they have right. now. I thought it would kind of go away, and it did not. And if it didn't for the opener, I don't think it's going to anytime soon. Well, 4-0. I mean, 4-0 is great. They're, they're going to have to be about 40-15 and 15 to we'll see, Mike. turn the corner on the fans' page, I think, or turn the page on the fans. And Tomorrow's get them, get them to everything's a buck, right? Is that tomorrow? I yeah, think so. Buck yeah, night. Thursday night, yeah, they're back at it. Or dollar or beer Wednesday. night? I think everything's a dollar. Let me check, but. I thought somebody told me like everything tomorrow. Alive. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's Joe day. just uh, shot up like a prairie dog when you said that. <laughs> yeah, dollar it's like beer. college. Hold on a second. It can't be dollar beers. No way. I think I think there's dollar stuff, but I think there's dollar stuff. Beer. I don't think there's dollar <laughs> beers. Dollar stuff. I'll have to make a grand appearance. You could take a sip of somebody's beer for a buck. <laughs> Take a sip and pass it down the aisle. <laughs> that was the best thing about the Olympics. The beers were $2 at the arena. In Korea? In Korea. It was like causing like a right. They had to keep opening up more beer stands because people would miss whole periods because the lines were so long. Wow. Then they figured it out. Like, we just keep opening beer stands. Oh. It was insane. They, they forgot the Americans were yeah, coming. Yeah, right. And the Russians. <laughs> Uh-huh. And the Germans, it's all the best alcoholics from around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Canadians, it's, a, it's a hockey beer stands. I yeah. mean, it was crazy. All right, the uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, when we come back, Mike Lang. Okay, here we go, Mike. It's the DVE Morning Show. Joining us right now, he's the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. On the Pittsburgh Penguins radio network, broadcast on our brother station, 105.9 The X. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, live in person, Mike Lang. Oh, boy, look at you, Mike. Nice, 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 nice to be here. It is. Man, it's so rare we get the in-studio appearance. Today was a beautiful day. They just put some new computers computers on McKnight Road, and that's going to solve all the traffic problems. Unfortunately, uh, they're backed up for about four miles. Oh, no kidding. We made it. We got here. You got in here. You brought the bagels, as is your tradition. I love it. Ugh. I love it. And uh, they were willing and waiting for me and uh, stacked the uh, baker's dozen in there. So you guys can have a nice little, you know, anybody oh, gets up as early as these guys do, Joe. Uh, you know, I mean, we got to give them a little something. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. come with gifts. You're the best. You're the Hall of Famer. Well, they've uh, they've helped make that. They've been uh, good friends here for many, many years. No, I, you know, Mike, I just, I'm just going to say this. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry if I'm taking if you're going to. Go, Honestly, uh, me and my grandfather have been listening since the seventies. Other than the Big Four, you're you know the Big Four. You're the, you're the most important Pittsburgh Penguin. <laughs> I like that. Well, when, wow. when when we stunk, when we stunk, everyone's like, "Well, the announcer's great though." When people wanted to listen to you, and you've been the best. Everyone around, I do a podcast. Everyone around the country knows who you are. They love your calls. You're an institution. You're a legend. I'm honored sitting here. I'm sorry I get emotional. <laughs> and you know what's really funny? Just a quick story. When I came here, uh, I came out of necessity because a team that I I had worked my way to San Diego and thinking I was going to be there the rest of my life because I'm from California. Mm-hmm. And that's where you are now, right? Yes. 
Um, but nonetheless, uh, so the World Hockey Association came in and it ruined, it, it killed our league. It killed the Western Hockey League, which San Diego was one of the teams. So I had to find a job. And I kind of scrambled and I got a little help from Max McNabb, uh, who was the general manager and a contact here in Pittsburgh, and KDK Radio, and we can talk about it because this is old radio, mm-hmm. and uh, actually ended up hiring me. And I thought perhaps I might be here one or two years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> once you're here. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, Randy. <laughs> Everybody has I have told him when he first came. It's it'll grow on you, and then you'll grow on it. And you uh, did. You and then where the loyalty hits, and it's just it's an amazing place. But it, it's amazing how it does turn out, and it's uh, fortunate for me that I was here, and uh, I wouldn't change anything in the world the way it turned out. And so yeah. I, uh, I don't miss the days on the uh, the beach and the weather because I probably wouldn't be here with the. Uh, with some trouble that I've had with skin from being a kid living out there all oh, my yeah. life. So it's in been a fortunate sun. thing. Yeah. I love yeah. hearing these kinds of stories. I mean, I, I, I talked to Brett Kiesel. It was sort of at the end of his career, and I said, did you think you'd have this long of a career yeah. with the Steelers? He said, I didn't think I'd make it through my first contract. Yeah. I thought they would cut me, and now he's Steeler for life, Pittsburgher for life. He still lives here. It's it's just like you said, it gets it gets into your veins. I know, and you guys are everybody's so TV oriented right now. Uh, but in the days in the seventies, and Joe knows this for a fact, the games were on radio. Mm-hmm. They weren't on TV, mm-hmm. and I was the only one working. That was it. Yeah. It was me, my bags, and uh, we had engineers in the, in the big leagues, uh, in the minor leagues. You didn't. You carried all your stuff and you work with it uh, and set up everything, but. It was a one-man show, and uh, I can remember the opening night in Minnesota going in there, and I, you know, the nerves were there, and uh, I got through it, and uh, Pierre LaRouche had a breakaway goal, and had in the opener, Cesar Maniago was the goaltender, and the Penguins won the game, so it was like uh, an exhilarating moment for me uh, to be able to do it, so it was, it just kind of grew from there, and uh, we had a pretty good team, and uh, there's just so many fond memories of, uh, of being here early, and then they, you know... It kind of turned to the downside. You got to kind of work with it, and uh, we built it up. We we had a fight. I mean, the Pirates and Steelers at that point were gigantic, you know, in those 70s. I mean, they were the biggest teams, and we were like the throwaway. And so we just slowly, surely, but built up on it and, uh, and and made our way up the ladder until uh, and the big guy came, and they kind of turned <laughs> things around uh, for making it a, a viable franchise yeah. in, in the area. So the growth of it, what's happened with it, the history – uh, to be here at this time and still doing games and five cups, I mean, I'll bless the mind. So yeah, five cups, uh, yeah. Well, so. you, you know, you did your share of opening days uh, for the Buckos too. Uh, were you doing? Yeah, I did one. I, I was there two years. Two I did years. two years, and uh, that was the uh, in eighty six, eighty seven. Jimmy Leland's rookie year as a manager, uh, Barry Bonds' rookie year as a player, and uh, they lost ninety eight games that year. I think. No. Uh, <laughs> And I, <laughs> I'll tell you the truth. I'd put that team up against anything in the major leagues today. Yeah. Because it's, to me, it's it's quite a bit. It's the solution is is quite obvious to me in uh, in, in the major leagues. Even that team was was pretty decent. Uh, but it's uh, you know I got a chance to do major league baseball. I'd done something for the Giants uh, filling stuff when I was in San Diego. Uh, I got an opportunity, and it was uh, Mac Prime was the man that asked me to. Uh, step in. I got two years worth with Steve Blass, and he's a you know lifelong friend now, yeah. and, and a dear friend. So I've got a lot of good things to be uh, thankful for, for for the time that I've been here. So that that same sort of gratitude that you're feeling right now is uh, what I think some people are tagging the Penguins with 
right now. Their belly's full. Tough to keep the fire. We got five cups. Sid's yeah. got three right now. Yeah. Every accolade under the sun. How does he keep the drive to want to keep doing it over and over again? For me, I mean, it's easy. I mean, uh, the, the, the games are my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where I am. Right. I mean, I love working the games. Everything around us surrounding is not difficult, but it's, it's part of the process and preparation and all the work that goes into it. When they turn the mic on, I mean, that's center stage. You guys know that. I think, uh, Randy, you perform. You ever, you've been around that. You know, that's that moment. And uh, yeah. that moment just takes, takes control of you, and it's what you wanted to do your whole life. And so you step in and do it. I think if I was doing anything else, it would probably be somewhat the same. But in this particular case, for me, it's just so enjoyable. And I've done baseball, uh, and I've done soccer, and I've done a lot of different things. The same for me, broadcasting-wise, it's the same thing. It's focus. You have to concentrate. If you don't in what you're doing, uh, you make one mistake, and you're off, you're off kilter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's that, it's that focus that keeps you going. And, uh, and you try and have fun with it. You try, you're an entertainer. You're having fun with it. I yeah. hope, hope that I mean, to me anyway, you know, there's so many games. Uh, you better enjoy it. <laughs> How do you keep from, here's the one thing that I think distinguishes you from so many other people, aside from just, you know, your, your character and tone. Uh, the independence from opinion, from interjecting as a color analyst and staying, you know, very down the line, here's yeah. what's happening, not what I think should or, or why it's happening. Yeah. This is just what's happening. Do you ever curb that urge, or are you so disciplined now that it doesn't come out so much? Well, because I've seen I've seen the good, and I've seen the ugly. So I mean, it's it's all uh, players that play for teams and work. I mean, to to pinpoint their total mistakes isn't going to do me any good. I mean, uh, and if there's an obvious one, I mean, I think we've been pretty forthright in saying things about it, but. I learned a long time ago, particularly early on after we got through the, the, the 70s, where we were fairly decent, we were fair to medium, and then we turned on the, on the poor side, that I have a lot of uh, respect for other players on other teams that actually are a big part of my work. And the reason it is, if I want to put people in the seats and try and do, uh, mm-hmm. make them come, I've got to acknowledge and say that these guys, I want you to see them play. I want you to see Guy yeah. Lafleur play. Yeah, I want you to see these guys because you really are in for a special treat, and that kind of served me well because I always appreciate what both teams do, and then I try and give you an honest opinion of what the game is. But no, there's no question. I mean, where the loyalty goes, I mean, uh, yeah. the voice comes up, and, and mm-hmm. where we are, and you're with them every day. I mean, let's be honest. We're we're family, and we're all together. Uh, right. uh, to just turn your nose up at it is not is not going to happen because you're not. You're not a part of that. So uh, those are the parameters that I kind of work with and, and have used over the years. And, uh, and again, I, I try and have some fun with it, too, when we do them. Do you count games? Pardon me? Do you count your games? I do not count my games, Mike. I, I've never You hear them. that every once in a while. So-and-so yeah, did his 1,000th game. I'm not, gonna 2000 even, I'm not even talking about them. I know. I laugh. I laugh yeah. when I hear something. It's a pretty big say. number, isn't it? Yes, but I, I, I laugh. <laughs> I, I really don't want to know, to be honest with you. I'm okay. I'm okay as long as I'm keeping keep going, I'm all right. So you, You've probably uh, been asked this a million times, but did you have, I'm sure you've honed it over the years, but did you have the iconic goal calls like right from the jump? And can you remember your oldest goal call? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, I will just preface it by telling you that when I grew up, I grew up in Sacramento, 
I used to listen to a, a, a play-by-play guy by the name of Bill King. And Bill mm-hmm. King, after situations and, and highlights of touchdowns for the Raiders and or the San Francisco Warriors in, in particular moments, would just go, holy Toledo. And I would listen to that. And all our guys, we'd all listen to the games together and everything. And I just said to myself, if I ever get into this business, if I ever get, I'm going to have to do something different and unique. And so that's where the ideas came from. And it built upon that. Mm-hmm. When I got to Phoenix, my first job, uh, I worked with a gentleman there who had a few phrases that he used. And uh, one of them was great balls of fire. And when he went to the Suns, and he's still there as a broadcaster for the Suns. He's the oldest tenured broadcaster in, in the history of the NBA, Al McCoy's his name. I asked him when I took over, I said, can I use uh, Great Falls of Fire? And he said, well, I would be more than honored to have you do that. <laughs> and so that was the first time that I, that I oh, actually used awesome. it. And when I got to Pittsburgh, I mean, let's be fair. Rosie Rosewell, Bob Prince, Myron Cope. I'm, a, I'm on the low on the charts compete as far as being <laughs> oh, a different type of broadcaster. <laughs> and now I come here with this little bit of... of, of uh, of difference or wrinkle i mean I, I honestly thank the guy upstairs he moved me to the right spot he told me this is where you got to go son and he moved me to yeah. pittsburgh and look what's happened i mean it's just I, I fit in because of what i do and the difference and uh in how i approach the game so i never thought about yeah. how unique those broadcasters oh, are. oh they're that, so unbelievable that you just i mean i've always appreciated their greatness but yeah. when you're talking about like just not cookie cutter great no. like oh we're lucky we had the same kind of quarterback like you guys all had a very distinct style that yet somehow co- is like cohesive with the pittsburgh ethos and that's i think that rosie rosewell actually was the guy that kind of instant uh instituted this uh, in the area because the gunner, I believe, had to borrow from him. Mm-hmm. Gunner didn't start doing pirate games till I think he was 38 years old. And Rosie used to yeah. do games off the ticker. Absolutely, yeah. He didn't travel to I the did Rosie. those in college. I did them in college. Really? Yes, I did, yeah. I did them off the ticker really? for Sacramento State. I absolutely, it was a ball. It was fun. Yeah, we had huh. the bat and everything. You did the sound effects, the whole deal? Absolutely. Like wow. in the sting? Yeah, yeah. it was terrific. <laughs> we would have the PR guy on the road on baseball. And he would uh, give us the, we would call in innings and he'd give us the what happened in the inning. And then we re- recreated it and worked with it. So, uh, you know, it was just part of a college education, but it was a lot of fun to do. It was, it was really good. Are you in a hurry right now? No, I'm all right. Can I take a break and come sure back and can. spend more time yeah. with you? Yeah, you sure? absolutely. All right, I want to absolutely. do that. More I want to tell you about line. the Bell Burger. I want to tell okay. you about the Bell Burger. That's yeah. next. DVD. <laughs> Wasn't he? He did a show more recently where there was like a thunderstorm. It was and he the Blues play. Festival. He, uh, which I think was three years ago, Hardwood Acre. Acres, and it downpoured. Opened up. Yeah, and uh, I ended up in the tent with Mike Lang, uh, watching the rains just pour down and kill the show. So then we, you know, we're like, well, they're not going to restart this. Let's go. And we all left, only to find out Dr. John came out like 80 minutes later and finished his set. Speaking of letting people feed him lines, how awesome would it be if he did a song of all Mike Langisms? That would be great. <laughs> Give me in the fast lane, Grandma. <laughs> Grab my back with a hacksaw. What do you got, Val? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning I mean, we Show. We could probably talk to the doctor. We could talk to Mac Rebenek. Get, get, get some uh, Langisms down to him. Uh, that song would have to be a pretty long song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a special performance. I was so bummed out that one got rained uh, out. And then he did. You stayed. He went back on. Didn't you see the yeah, end of him? I, he, he did come back on. And uh, to the light, he was 
he became friends with the folks at the uh, food bank, and, and he uh, said he would do the show and, and finished it up. So there, there's been a couple. One of the, the best in that situation was uh, 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 the animals. Eric Burton, uh, Burton was, oh, yeah. was here, and he got he played four songs before they hit, it hit, and it was a torrential storm. It was one of the best shows, best moments I've ever seen. You got to basically carry him upstage. And uh, edge him towards the stage and from yeah. the back and and get him out there. They turned the they turned it on and started and he was like he was twenty three years old. <laughs> yeah, he was unbelievable. So the he magic just went of the moment the voice him. was there. Yeah. It was everything was there. And then this gigantic storm came and and washed it out. So he's still doing it. I'm telling you, he's a. It, Randy, you got to see him. I yeah. mean, he's that good. He was playing with Brian Auger, was Ooh. doing shows with him. Man. And he, he just played a festival out in Southern California, and my brother was there with a bunch of people, and it was like all big names, yeah. current, contemporary, and Eric Burden was on the bill, and every one of them said, Eric Burden killed everything. He stole the show. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He, he is. He's, he's just... He he knows how to entertain. He knows how to present, mm-hmm. and he knows how to, he's just that voice is like just stunning. Isn't really, that so remarkable, what he can do with it. still got it. Yeah, when they they have a tough time. Like the, physically, they're just beat up, and the doctors certainly yeah. seen better days. But the second that they start playing, I never would have thought he would. I yeah. never thought that would come out of that that body. <laughs> yeah, and I just in amazement you know, yeah. be able to do it. So. Mike Lang hanging out with us in studio this morning. What were you going to tell us about the Bell Burger? I want to tell you about the Bell Burger. Okay, I've been fortunate because I am from California, so a little history there. I grew up, I think, near the second McDonald's ever uh, really? in Sacramento. Wow. And the Taco Bell started in California, if I'm not mistaken. So uh-huh. uh, one of the things they had on the menu early on in their, in their existence was what they called the Bell Burger, which just was taco meat on a, real, on a good hamburger bun. And it was delicious. It oh, was yeah. oh, I mean, it was really good. And then they got rid of it. And after about five years, they got rid of it and didn't do any more with it and kept with it. So you know all the things. Every time you turn around, they're doing another uh, item, another thing new. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got things squished and then squished into this and this and this. And, this. <laughs> and you go, just bring back the Bell Burger, guys. Yeah. It's all you got to do. I'm telling you, it's Keep it's it simple. it's a selling. It, it'll work. And you can keep the price down; it won't be that much. And you'll you'll be surprised at what people will, res- will respond uh, to just having that type of thing as a hamburger. It's I really have good, no doubt in yeah. my mind. So they just take taco meat, make, make it. it into a it's burger pretty patty, pretty sloppy it. Joe. With, it is, yeah. but with uh, with that, and it's it was delicious. So sloppy Joe has more tomatoey kind of taste. Well, yeah, to it's, it. it's it's but it's that that's what it would. Yeah. yeah. I'm down with that. Oh, Different you mean like seasoning. a loose meat is what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I was thinking no, about packing it together. No, loose meat. That's what okay. you put. Yeah, you put the taco meat. Oh, man. Yeah. Val, why don't we make that ha- happen? I'm all for it. Do a little taco burger. And Let's get on it. Something like that. DIY bell burgers. Yeah, uh, the Mexican <laughs> food in Southern California is uh, is out of this world. I can't imagine going to Taco Bell when you have, even like Del Tacos probably, uh, <laughs> Del Taco is a little better. The best Mexican oh, food in California <laughs> is the Mission Burritos in the Mission. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. about five spots that are just out of this world. Oh, I, I lived on them for years. No, San, San Francisco. San Francisco Mission. Yeah, okay. every, everyone has their favorite, but I lived... It was In those days, it was $4, and you get an orange crush for like 75 cents. San Diego has the best fish tacos, though. Those are the best. Yeah. I'm, Everywhere I go in San Diego. Fish kind of scares me in tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in San Francisco if they have, uh, if they have uh, gym boys. 
But Jim Boy's uh, Tacos in, uh, out of Sacramento, and I think they've gone into the state more. If you see that, do yourself a favor and try those. They're, those are real good. Uh, they actually, the way I make them, uh, too, they add on at the end of it, they they have them all done, and they put a little Parmesan cheese on it, which is very, very oh, good. Yeah. Good taste to it. It gives it, now you don't put a lot, and the Cochita cheese you can use, too, if, if you want to do it, but put a little Parmesan on your uh, tacos, and you'll be surprised what it does for Bring out the, the flavors. Nice. Yeah. Mike, let me ask you something uh, about Sidney Crosby. Is he going to just start playing the game above the ice now? Is he just going to start <laughs> yeah. juggling the, the, the puck in the air? Well, he's, you know, he's, he's, the players are pretty darn good. You know, he isn't the only one that can, can move the puck from a stick up in the air. No, there have been several this week yes, that have been Yes, you know, I mean, uh, players are very capable uh, of doing that, but the thing that makes Sid stand out to me so much more than any player really than I've ever seen is his ability to find the puck after it's away. Uh, whether it's off the post, whether it's off another body, whether it's off the back of the net, his ability to search and find and destroy <laughs> is, is beyond comprehension. And he is the guy that will find – he drives people crazy that he plays against because the normal human being, a normal hockey player – can't do that. Right. He, he has to assimilate everything before he reacts. But Sid's able to do it in the same motion as the original play. And it's it, it just scares you, really, how good he is with his hands and his ability to see. Uh, his daddy was a goaltender. I never asked him this question, but I you got to have eyes to be a goalie. And he must have the most uh, unbelievable eyesight uh, of any player around I mean, to be able to do uh, what, he, what he does to be able to find the puck. But those... That is what stands out so much to me. It isn't so much. I know he's more than capable of knocking a puck in the net in the air, right. and even moving it to himself. If you're watching a warm up some night and you want to come, and he used to do it with Chris Kunitz quite a bit, he's doing it with Jake Gensel now. He has a little little segment there where they pass the puck back and forth from circle to circle, and uh, in the air, and see who can catch the puck and hold on to it and work with it. It's kind of interesting to see. It's Sid's such a routine guy that. Uh, you're going to see it. Right. You know, I can tell you where he's going to be on, on the warm-up uh, at the McDonald's sign doing his thing. And, uh, you know, at a certain point, ties his skates at a certain point, five, you know. Yeah. He's just so <laughs> into that type of thing. Methodical. But they do. They go back and forth. And uh, it was Cooney for a long time that they would go back and forth and they have a little game going on where they catch the puck in midair. And it's part of the the game. And so that they work on it and they, they have fun with it. So that's kind of where where it is. But... You know he does it all the time. I mean, in practice, and he does things like that. He just has fun playing the game. Yeah. Well, uh, hopefully he's going to have fun playing the game for a couple more months here. Yeah. Uh, they they lock into a another postseason. Not sure where they're going to fall yet. Home uh, home ice advantage would be helpful for these guys. They've had a little tough time on the road. Yeah, they have. But see, uh, and Mike knows this uh, as well as anybody. Uh, after next Friday, uh, it's a new season. We started. We started new, so the home way doesn't. It doesn't really matter, and uh, uh, to me, it doesn't. In fact, I'm a guy that really likes to open the series on a road on the road, because I can win a game there, and I got the, I got the upper hand. Right. Uh, that that's me talking now, and you can get down to, you know, the Penguins had a horrendous record in seven game sevens here, when they've had home ice advantage until last year when they beat uh, beat Ottawa. Uh, to be able to do it, but I like—I actually like going on the road. And if you can win there, you set the mindset that they always talk about of the other team going, "Man, now we got to win four. You know, four of the games left. Yeah. So 
it's a, it's an advantage, I think, to the team if they can get the advantage on the road. So we'll see what happens. And, and the Penguins have been pretty good, at least in postseason competition, uh, on the road. Is it five cups, four coaches for the Penguins? Yes. What makes Mike Sullivan different from the rest? Uh, I, I guess that uh, what probably stands out more to me than, than, than anything is that he has been the same coach when he first came here as he is now. He demands, but he does it with respect, and he has just followed the same program. He follows the same program and, uh, and knows what he wants to do with it, and he implements it, and they school themselves, and they work at it. Uh, and, yes, it does become demanding, and it is hard to do. Uh, but he realizes and he hopes that by showing the players that the results that were there, uh, that they can see game by game that it's going to serve them well. And I think the players are tuned into that. Uh, in fairness to what they've done uh, this year, uh, you know, the, since the 1st of January, except this last game they lost to Washington, they've been playing 700 hockey. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Seriously, those are the, the best teams in the league. The President's Trophy winner is going to be right around 700. So they've really actually been playing fairly well. We just kind of expect them to win every game. <laughs> you know, and, and, and in fairness, you're not going to do that uh, to be able to do it. But I, I, I think that they, they, with the journeys they've taken the last two years, it's hard on the body. It is really hard on the body to go through that and then jump right back and be the super team that everybody wants you to be game in and game out. So I, I think we're going to have a, uh, uh, a situation here. We're going to find out really how much they have in the tank uh, when we get into the playoffs. And you've got some yeah. hungry teams, man. You've got some young teams that are that have improved, and the draft does that, and uh, players coming along. I mean, you've got Austin Matthews now, and you've got a, you've got a whole host of new people coming in to challenge. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should be, right? And it is. And so the Penguins are going to have to fight through that and uh, and see if they can uh, repeat and get a third uh, straight championship. You talk about the attrition. On the on the players, how tough it is. Phil Kessel kept the Iron Man streak yeah. alive, six ninety. Yeah, he's and that's going to happen. He's going to stay because here's how the deal works. If he can get just if he's just in the lineup for the last two games, those will those will be appearances. Oh, really? Yes. So it stops there. It doesn't go to the playoffs. So next year you would start anew. So in all likelihood, unless it's a, a broken leg, and he still may play on a broken leg. I don't know. <laughs> uh, He's probably going to be on the lineup for the last two just to keep the streak going. Uh, And, I mean, if you're a coach, you kind of owe him that. Uh, Even (laughs) to say, okay, listen, we're going to have you on the lineup. Even if you just have to serve penalties or play one shift on the power play. Right. You know, it's the tenth longest streak right now. Yeah. Yeah. All time. Yeah. And he's, you know, there's some guys ahead of him that aren't that far ahead. I mean, from the most active uh, uh, streak, I think just over 720 in that area is Keith Yandel of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. So he's uh, knocking on the door, you know. It's fun for all the flack he takes for not being healthy, like as, uh, just a general healthy person, yeah. you know, eating hot dogs or whatever, you know, that, that old uh, story was. I, I, I mean, yeah. the guy hasn't missed a game. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You play this game. I don't, if you're the biggest guy or you're the smallest guy, you're going to get beat up. I mean, you just don't have a you don't have a yeah. way of getting around it. You, uh, inadvertently, you're going to get uh, you know into the boards the wrong way awkwardly, or something's going to happen, or lose the edge in their skate. So when they start playing six and seven hundred games straight, you really have to take your hat off to them uh, and, and get an idea. And and you know he's he's smart enough 
and he skates well enough to stay away from a lot of the danger areas uh, that players can get hurt with. Do you think Gino's uh, end of game uh, shenanigans the other day sent a message? Gino's Gino. <laughs> Gino did that when he was in the uh, Olympics. What in the first when he was eighteen or nineteen years old, <laughs> got suspended there. He's just that's his emotion. Yeah, that's uh, that's what's coming out from him, and he's basically saying, "Listen, I'm going to be here. Don't worry, I'm going to be here for the playoffs." Yeah. So. Uh, it inspires him. It keeps. It gets him going. Uh, hey, as long as you don't hurt do. the team, right? Yeah, as long as you're not hurting the team, and so, you know, a lot of dirty words in Russian were exchanged. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was still laughing yesterday afternoon. Oh. What he's, I I was busy. I was I busy. Was, like, well, I, you, know, uh, you know who busy, I tuned you know. into during that whole situation was Ovechkin, and I was watching Ovechkin, and he was at center ice, and he was just kind of shaking his head like this, just shaking his head going. I, I, I couldn't see his face because I have a funny feeling he was laughing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That he was laughing and going. And Kuznetsov was kind of caught by surprise, I think, in the whole thing. Uh, but he maybe maybe Gino was saying, listen, I'm still the king. Uh, I know you're all right, but I'm still the king here. Yeah. And I got three cups, so come and see me in uh, May. <laughs> I'm worried we take them for granted that they just fold when we play them. And there's two, th- two teams I'm worried about the most, them and, uh, and Philly. And I will tell you this, and I can tell you that you should they, be worried are, about Tampa. The most. I know no. Tampa is the one, but I'm just the one we're all, what I'm saying worry most about overlooking the Bruins. Yeah, yeah Bruins the Bruins. Are that's who real. feared beginning yeah. of the season. I picked them third in the Atlantic, and I'm like, that's the team that scares me the most. Because I knew their young kids got a little taste last year, but now they're playing amazing. They get McAvoy back because they're the only team that can has the speed and it can also go nasty. Other teams can go nasty against us. Like, yeah, okay. Let them be nasty. We can still outscore them. But Boston, you, they can be nasty and you can't outscore them. Yeah, they can. And they're a good team. They're, they're, you've got a lot of teams you're going to have to try, uh, fight through. But just on the thing about you're worried about Washington and Philadelphia, I'm going to tell you right now, they are saying the same thing about Pittsburgh. They're worried about playing us, okay? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know that for a fact when uh, during the course of the year. So. Those are the two teams that I don't want to lose to. That, I think that that is the more accurate way yeah. to say it. The yeah. two teams I don't want to lose to the most, those yeah. two. Well, you might uh, you might see them pretty quickly because, uh, you know, the way the setup is. Right. And, uh, uh, you're going to have to play somebody. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's a known fact. I like the fact that maybe that Boston and Tampa, if you were to come out of this side, uh, would have to play each other. So that could be a pretty hard series, I mean, between the two. Maybe take something out of uh, the teams, but uh, it's up for grabs. I mean, any one of the teams. And don't forget New Jersey, man. This New Jersey team is scrappy. They come to play. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but are they there yet? If they get some goaltending, uh, they're well-structured, and they play the game, and they come with speed. They're, they're a pretty decent team. They've given the Penguins all they can handle during the course of this year. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer. You can hear him alongside the old 2 niner. All right, so next time I have to get Bell Burgers, huh? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right. We'll make up a batch for you, Mike. I'll bring them in. Hey, I'll thanks for in. coming in today. It was great to see you, and no, it's, it's been my, too long since uh, we've had an in-studio pop in here, so uh, thanks. It's my pleasure, and I, I really appreciate it, and thanks to uh, to you guys and all the fans and everybody, and let's see what we can do in the playoffs. And, uh, Joe, we have a nice uh, trip back to California when you go. I'm, I'm, I always stick around in the spring. You never know. Good things can happen. That's Rock good. On wood. I, like being, I like being around the East Coast so I can come in and – Swoop in for a game. Swoop. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Mike Lang. Thanks, Mikey. Um, DVE Sports. It is the DVE Morning Show. I love seeing how excited Joe Bartnick is to 
be hanging out with Mike Lang. You're like giddy right now. Yeah, it's Mike Lang. I mean, I didn't mean to, you know, be like, oh my god, it is. It really, I really believe that he's the fifth most important, if not three. Yeah, who's your four, by the way? You're well, the big four. Yeah, who's fourth? Gino. He's fourth. Mario's did. Yogs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, got it. I mean, Yog. That, no, that's, I, was, that, that's, I, was, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you had Yager in there. Oh, oh, abs- a- absolutely. I mean. I mean, Yager's on. I'm top not of arguing. My, I just no, didn't know. No. Yager's on my top of my Christmas tree every year. Okay. Czechoslovakian Russian doll. I mean, <laughs> yes, yeah, is Yager except the one year you play for the Flyers, and then I, I, and then it was in my closet. And when we lost him, I'm like, I knew I should have thrown it away. It was a curse. It <laughs> was really interesting to me. Bill's question to Mike about when the the sayings came up and did he have a right. go to one? When I was in high school. I got Mike Lang's autograph at the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland. My brother lives down in Virginia, and I was living in suburban Philly at the time. I used to take the train down when the Pens were in town, and my brother and I would go to the games. And I got Mike Lang's autograph, and he signed it, Great Balls of Fire, Mike Lang. That's fantastic. Oh, that's awesome. This was in, like, 78. <laughs> Do you still have it? Oh, yeah. Oh, right on. Yo, I, got, I got almost everything from my youth, all my sports crap. Yeah, I'm afraid my dad who's listening now threw all mine out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike, they're laughing at me. Got rid of the baseball cards a long time ago. Oh, that, that that what you mean? That's that's my retirement plan. Oh, I, I sold them when that when that when that craze hit. Yeah. I thought people are gonna wake up one day and say, This is really stupid that we're paying money for this junk. So I I dumped it while somebody was willing to buy it. Oh yeah, I, I still have all my yeah. thirty five Dave Parkers. Hopefully there was something. Get them in the hall, people. He he should be in the hall. I think the Cobra should definitely be in the I hall. I agree. Joe is a very uh, wise man. Yeah, I, I've just been reminded of this. Oh, yeah, listening to his analysis today, it's very spot on. He doesn't mess around. When it comes to Hall of Famers and girls basketball. I'm in complete agreement. <laughs> and Penguins defensemen. <laughs> uh, Pens aren't playing tonight, but uh, it could be an interesting night for the Penguins. Sports this hour is brought to you by Don's Appliance. Here's how they uh, stand in the Metropolitan Division right now. It's a race for second place. Pittsburgh has 96 points through 80 games. Columbus, 94 through 79 games. And Philadelphia, 94 through 79 games. I'm going to discount the Devils for the sake of this argument since they have 93 points. But uh, tonight, Philadelphia at the Islanders, Detroit at Columbus. So it is conceivable, probably likely, that when we talk tomorrow, it's going to be a dead heat. Pens 96 points, Jackets 96 points, Flyers 96 points, all through 80 games. Pittsburgh plays at Columbus on Thursday and then hosts Ottawa on Friday. Columbus will finish against Nashville on Saturday in Nashville, but it might not mean anything to Nashville I so, still see Nashville winning that game. Nashville may uh, do the equivalent of taking a knee. The Flyers, after playing at the Islanders tonight, have Carolina at home on Thursday and the Rangers at home on Saturday. Philadelphia could be looking at 100 points. They, 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 they could have 100 points. Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather they I, – I believe in Mike, what Mike Lang said. Let Flyers get home ice. We'll go, we go steal game one or two, then they come back here. I'd much, then they come in here and Giroud does something crazy and they steal game one. Be anarchy. Pens have oh, a yeah. tiebreaker <laughs> on all these teams because uh, regulation overtime wins. They take the shootout wins out for purposes of 
breaking oh, how many thighs. loser points do the Flyers have? It's, it's just called the Flyers point by now. Pens have uh, 43 <laughs> of their 45 wins are uh, regulation or overtime. Uh, Columbus has 38 of 44 and Philly 38 of 40. Yeah, 14 uh, OTLs for the Flyers. Your loser points there, yeah, overtime the... losses. <laughs> That's a lot. Think, think so. about that. One-seventh of the season, they've got the loser point. Yeah, well, hey, if it's, good, it's like fighting in the 70s. If it's going to be there, why not take advantage of it? I, I find that now teams are playing for that loser point. Yeah, I it, think seems, it seems more and more. I think playing. it's got to go. I think it's stupid. Absolutely. It's, it's killing the end of regulation. Yes. Because people are just sitting on, well, we got at least a point. Let's not try to win. Yes. And, and, and I think they should kill the shootout now, too. Because now teams are like the Ken Hitchcocks of the world are playing like three defensemen now. For overtime. <laughs> yeah. And, well, I, I think the three on three is stupid. I, oh, you do? People. I hear people argue against the shootout that it's gimmicky and you shouldn't decide a game that way. What's more gimmicky than three on three? Well, I think a shootout. And it just <laughs> it becomes just the whole thing about possession. You see the Penguins now they'll they'll skate the puck out of the offensive zone on purpose just to change guys and right. reload. And well, because uh, other teams it's like a sh- skills competition. It's it's similar to the shootout that way to me. At least in the shootout, it's the basic act of hockey: a guy trying to put a puck past a goaltender. Yeah. Uh, mano love, a mano, if you will, Joe. I love three on three. I like I like how that decides the game, other than a shootout. I honestly do, but I don't want it. now. People are saying they should do it in the playoffs. There's absolutely no way. I love a five overtime playoff. Plus, game. after Oshi and Soshi, I'm a shootout guy. Oh well, that's yeah. When he uh, hung Bobrovsky out to dry Odo so many times, Disco Dan Blasma's last great coaching move. But take another one. <laughs> take another one. <laughs> See oh, the, you see him on the NHL Network now, like discussing the Penguins, cracks me up. I always downplay Sid and Gino. So funny, like yeah, downplay him all you want. Yeah. Well, yeah. they kind of downplayed him. So, <laughs> you think so? Yes, I do. They they uh, ushered him out. Well, Johnston was really didn't the one. Put out much of a fight. Let's put it that way. I think Johnson was the one that was like, people were just laying down their sticks. Like, all right. Let's get this guy get out this of here. Get this guy out of here. Villanova wins uh, college basketball's national championship last night, 79-62 to over Michigan. The Wildcats win their second in three years. If you go back to the end of the UCLA dynasty of 10 championships in 12 years in 1975, since then, these are the teams that have won two in three years. Duke, 1991-92. Kentucky, 1996 and 1998. Florida, 2006-2007, and now Villanova, 2016 and 2018. I should probably throw UConn in there, which won two in four years. Pretty good accomplishment. Not not two in three, but two in four is pretty good. 2011-2014. But uh, Villanova right now, top of the world, Ma. 136 wins in the last four years. That's the most in a four-year span in NCAA basketball history. Fabulous. That's pretty good. Pirates beat the Twins 5-4 to four in the opener at PNC Park yesterday afternoon. 30,186 tickets distributed. Uh, Pirates will be in action again on Wednesday night at PNC. They'll be playing the Twins again. Bucks are 4-0. and It's a hell of a start. I don't think people are going to... Uh... I think they'll have a short memory if they win, Mike. If they lose, they're in a lot of trouble. I think it's going to take a lot of winning, though, early. 
Well, they're off to a for sure. You know, couldn't do any better than the. Uh, I don't think ten and five is going to have them lining up. Joe Bartnick's in studio with us. He's going to be at the Benham Center with Bill Burr this Friday night. There are some tickets still available. Second show, TrustArts.org. Filling up the Benham twice. Good lord, he filled up the garden. That's great. Did you do that show with him? I was no, I didn't. I wasn't on stage. I was the house MC. Uh, Never so scared in my life. I, oh, Bill I videotaped it. It went viral. Whatever. It's me shaking, holding the <laughs> list of announcements. If I, if I did a set, I wouldn't have been as nervous. I didn't yeah. want to screw up, and I used to stutter as a kid. I'm like, Whoa, shaking. No. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I and I mean, he killed in the garden. I wish he would have filmed it. It was it was amazing. Me and Verzi and Jan's Papas were standing there and I literally said this I'm like he killed like Hitler. As far as just <laughs> like, like the crowd just having like twenty thousand people that would have stormed the streets for him. Yeah. It was nuts. Twenty thousand. Like eight yeah, whatever, That's eighteen nineteen thousand. Yeah. Uh, the upper imagine doing comedy to people in the upper deck of Madison Square Garden. Can't. That's nuts. I've done the minor league hockey arenas with him, but not those big ones. That's just nuts. Well, the Benham Center is uh, isn't exactly a uh, that's a huge coffee venue. shop. Pretty it's big. Like twenty eight hundred. I remember doing that with uh, Dave Attell, and I remember having like three thousand Steeler fans screaming, like not, not, it almost knocked me down. <laughs> did <laughs> you come like, out in a jersey or what? No, I just really did my set, and then I brought up Mitch. It was Mitch, and then I remember thinking, oh, this is good, good. And I go, you know, you know him from Insomniac. And the roar was like Jerome Bettis just put in the end zone. It literally like, yeah. knocked me back. It was like, oh, my God, this is a crap. When he was in the middle of that insomniac run, right? it was nuts. I remember he came in and did the improv one night. And afterwards, I mean, everybody's trying to do a shot with him. Everybody, you know what I mean? They all want oh, to live the show out with him. And I was there with my brother, and we were at the bar, and Dave kind of like saddled up next to us, like looking for relief from... You know, just all of his fans. And I was like, hey, man, we're getting a shot of Jameson, but, like, I'm not trying to have a moment with you. Just if you want a shot of Jameson, like, I will get you one. I'm not, you know, because everybody else was really trying. He's like, no, no, no. Jameson. Because <laughs> he, he wasn't trying to do it for the pageantry, you know. He just wanted no, yeah. to, bam, knock one down. Well, that's how I became good friends with him, because I was, like, his designated driver handler in San Francisco. So oh, I yeah. could keep up with him drinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how we became really good friends. And then when he uh, quit, I was like so hurt because I'd be, <laughs> well, I'd be in different cities. Like, hey, Dave, I'm in Detroit down the street. Let's hang out. And he wouldn't call me back for like two years. And, my, and I was really upset about it. My wife finally goes, Joe, you're the last person he wants to see. He's trying to be sober. And I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And then we had a nice conversation at the improv when we're, but I'm just really hurt because I love I he's 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 the king. Yeah. He's the king. Egan Begg, who's gonna be here this week, he had the best line ever. He's like, if David tells not your favorite comic, I can't be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Bag will be in studio. Is it tomorrow or is he coming Thursday? Did you talk to him yesterday? So he's at the improv this week. Uh, and Ian hit me up last week and he's like, Hey man, can I can I stop by the studio? And I was like, yeah, Burr and Barnick are going to be here, too. And he's like, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, fly in early, man. So it's he's going to make fantastic. it in a day early, at least. Yeah, because, I mean, even Bill, he is, Bill has the belt. Yeah, he's, Bill he, is. He has the belt, and even he's like, ah, Dave's the For king. For sure. So I'm not knocking anybody, but it's like every, it tells just the funniest man. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right, we're going to take a quick break. More with Joe Bartnick here on the DVE Morning. It's the DVE Morning Show. 
Joe Bartnick is uh, hanging out with us right now. And you returned uh, unscathed from the Olympics in Korea. Oh, I, no, I got the... I got the ridiculous Asian flu. Oh, you were scathed. Oh, oh my no. God. Now I know why those Asian chicks wear the face masks, the surgical masks. I'm yeah. wearing a space suit next time I go over there. Really? I um, got knocked out for 10 days. My buddy I went with, he he, he was quarantined. Oh, no. What? Yeah. Well, he wasn't not like in a cage like, you know, Vito Corleone, <laughs> but he, he wasn't allowed to leave Carolina. No kidding? Yeah. He had a hundred and like four fever. Oh I'm, not even, I'm not making that up. I was Damn. worried. And then I, I was just so weak. Oh, it's my God. worth gosh. it to see Ryan Donato, though, right? It was totally worth it. Uh, it was, well, the women won. Women's hockey. Now, that's killer. Oh, so you like women's hockey? Yeah, women's hockey was great. I like when they beat Canada. <laughs> you know what's funny about women's hockey is they say it's no hitting. They should just let those chicks hit. They all hit anyway. <laughs> and, it, and, they, and, it, and it's kind of like weird. It's kind of like a playoff game where they call some of the the hits, and they don't call some of the hits. And the two biggest hits of the whole game, they didn't call. I didn't watch. You didn't watch? Yeah, I have no point well, of reference. a little bit. I, and I, I the, saw the winning goal. The men's hockey team, Stunko. How Ryan Miller did, how, I mean, sorry, how Ryan Malone didn't make that team, I'll never know. I don't know. I mean, Steve, Steve Byrne could have played on that team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even knocking Byrne. I mean, it's like, it's the truth. I mean, they, mm-hmm. were, they were terrible, except the Greenway kid in Donato who plays for Boston now. How did Byrne not go to the Olympics? The Korean hockey fan didn't go to the Olympics in South Korea. Because uh, he's booked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's very, very busy. <laughs> Gigs. Gigs, yeah. I, I did a couple weeks off. Well, I thought the pros were going to go. So that would have been amazing. But they didn't. What, oh, can, well. what, what can you do? I already had the plane ticket, so we're going. Did you? I think I asked you this before. Did you eat well over there? I ate amazingly well over there. They have real Korean barbecue, yeah. not like rats from the L.A. River that they throw in the. Yeah, yeah. I love how they they use their use of scissors over there. Like they bring the meat to your table and then they cut it with scissors. It's just so practical and efficient. Yeah, it's like it's like somewhere in their history they ban knives because everywhere they use they use scissors everywhere where you would think they'd use a knife. I like the use of scissors with meat. I'm fine with it, 100. <laughs> percent If they're cut but, up chicken breast, but then breasts. they gotta only be meat scissors. Yes. That yeah, yeah, no, I'm not cross contaminate. Yeah, you can't like cut construction paper with them the next day or anything like that. And now I know how to make really or good lettuce. ramen. How? They 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 put all the seasoning in at the beginning. They don't like put it in the packet like three minutes in, and they put a shot of oil. So mm. everything has a little oily Sesame slick oil? taste. Uh, no, it was just regular oil. Yeah. Perfect. Well, yeah. you're you're well cultured to come yeah, back I, in time to hang out in Pittsburgh and eat everything with French fries and cheese. Yeah, oh, that's what I, I love fries. Fries and the egg on top of everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I like how that became a culinary uh, staple these days. The egg available on anything. Just put an egg on it. Yeah, but even in like the the uh, the hoity toity hipster places will do it. You know, it'll be but it'll be like you know uh, on a wagyu or what is it wagyu. <laughs> Uh, it, but no, it'll be like some rare bird egg, but still, it'll be delicious. Yeah, like, like an ostrich for an yeah. extra four dollars. <laughs> I don't care, bring me. Bring no, me but an, an egg on top of anything is great. What's your permanis go to? Uh, capagol and a uh, an yep. egg on top. Yeah, cap and egg. Oh, yeah. I do like corned beef and egg too. I've literally had them all like thirty times because my old roommate Andy used to work. <laughs> so I mean, I've had cold tuna, you know, just nasty stuff. But I, I wish wish they had the fish sandwich on the menu all the time. Are we sure they don't? Yes. I'm not. Well, th- didn't they say that? I think when, it was whenever just, they brought us the fish yeah, sandwich. Yeah, I think that's why they it's brought a it. Seasonal in. thing. Val, let's have it delivered tomorrow. 
I for, don't know if we can. Yeah. What, permanis? The, no, the fish. The fish sandwich. Oh. Know. Might not be in because Easter. It's over. not in season. And if in <laughs> the stadiums, it's a more limited menu, right? Like they only yeah. do the cheese, the cheese steak, and the is it the capicola? Not that they do. Is the capicola? Yeah, yeah. I know what cheese steak's one of them because I spent many pirate games eating permani sandwiches over a garbage can. <laughs> because sometimes when it's packed, the one place nobody wants to set their beer down is on the garbage can. So I'm always like, I don't care. You put it on top. I do that all the time. Yeah. I know, but like a lot of people don't want to eat near the garbage, but I don't really care. Little George Costanza in you. I'm not eating out of the garbage. <laughs> I'm eating near the garbage. And you know how it is. I mean, you just want to crush the, the sandwich and get back to your seat. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But those are the best places. Are the places that don't even have seats. The best restaurants <laughs> don't even have seats. Like <laughs> right. Big Al's Italian Beef in Chicago. They, they just have a rail. Because yeah. you're going to stand and eat it anyway. You're not going to sit down. Right. Eat it and get the hell out of here. Right. Don't make a mess. Hot like, sauce on every bite. The taco place down mm. on the south side, the, that's the Dose Taqueria. Is it Doce? Dose? I don't know. How do you say? Uh, Dose Do. What is it? Is that it? Dose. Yeah. That place is amazing, and it only has like four bar stools. So there's a line, and it's like, well, if you got one, you know, good for you. If not, you know, eat it while you're walking. Yeah, my big tip for uh, Big Al's Beef in Chicago is get three. Three? Yeah, because you're going to eat the first one so fast, you're not going to know what to do. And then the second one, you're eating, and you're like, I should have had three. It's, it's that good. <laughs> I don't think I could eat three beef sandwiches. I mean, by the way, Tootie's. Have you had Tootie's here? No. Where's that? R- legit Southside. there's one in the stadium. Yep, they got one in the stadium, too. Oh, wow. Well, which, which stadium? PNC Park. Oh, okay. I guess I'll have to go to the one on the Southside, then. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> you won't be going to DNC Park. They're back at it tomorrow night. Uh, the Buckos and the Twins. Seven o'clock start. Six o five. Six o five. I thought mm, I read six o five, and then I was like, oh, I don't I know why. It's, right. I don't know why it's at six. Okay, I guess they're easing their way into night games now. Uh, and then uh, Pens are back at it Thursday, Thursday in Columbus. and Friday. That wraps it up. Wonderful. All right. Many thanks, to Joe, for coming in today. Joe Bartnick. Yeah, Joe. Uh, you're going to hang out with us tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. The old two niner will be here. Phil Bork, nice. Mark Madden, uh, also uh, comedian Jeff Conkle. You will guys be can here go at it about the thing. <laughs> we, we have a lot of we have a lot of things to talk about. I'll I back think. you up. He's under. Oh, thanks. He's underachieving again. Well, he, he, he well he's not gonna he's not gonna listen to what I have to say anyway. But no, who Borky won't? No, no, Madden. No. Madden. Oh no, well, he doesn't. Listening is not one of his strong traits. <laughs> not if you're pro Ian Cole and anti Latang. I'm I'm not that much pro Ian Cole, and I'm not anti Latang. I just think there's a point to be made. Does that make any sense? I, I don't I don't think you have to be anti Latang to say that he needs to play better and doesn't always play with his head. He's he's kind of like a pretty girl. You love her, but just makes too many mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to love her, but man. <sighs> um. All right, kids, stop snorting condoms, please, please. Thanks to the old, uh, well, not the old 2 will be here tomorrow. Thanks to Mike Lang and uh, Joe Bartnick. How remind awesome you, was it to talk to Mike Lang today? I was I, unexpected also. Riveting I thought we stuff. were going to have like one segment, but he was just so uh, so great and lucid, loquacious. He's the Hall of Famer. Yeah. Doesn't get better than that. He's the best. Uh, don't forget, on demand, iHeartRadio. You can listen to this show in podcast form each and every day. You can take DVE with you and listen live wherever you go. Download it to your smartphone or tablet. 
the iHeartRadio app or search it at dve.com, iHeartRadio.com. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm. 